Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. like at the fall of Saigon, hoarding and hiding light bulbs everywhere. All right. It is the Rick Emerson Show. Thank you for thank you for joining us. It's Rock 101 KUFO. I'm sorry. As we begin today's program, Jim Riley is standing up. He's not even standing so much as he's kneeling on a countertop, replacing a light bulb immediately to Sarah Dillon's left. I'm sorry. All right. Oh, this is a disaster waiting to happen. This is like a workman's comp claim unfolding before my eyes. As I always point out, you know, Scotty tried to do that, and then there was some electricity that arced, and he somehow he immediately became one of those Jacob's Ladder things. All right. Thank you, Tim. Uh, it is 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101 if you would like to uh, join us today. It is 2 minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 5, and this is the month of September in the year of our Lord, 2009. It is the Rick Emerson Show, live from the lushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for uh, joining us. Coming up later on today, we will talk to Oregonian music editor Ryan White. He'll be here at 7 o'clock. We'll also have uh, today's top 5 at 720, 7.40 today, mystery guest, which, and I don't have my Blackberry with me. It's uh, I left it back in, in my office, but... Sarah sent me an email yesterday confirming that we had a mystery guest today because, by definition, I don't always, I mean, I don't always know up until the last moment that we're going to have one because I'm not booking, you know, the guest because mystery, blah, blah, blah. So I get this email from Sarah last night that says, what did it say? It said something like, mystery guest tomorrow at 7.40 a.m. P.S. I think Greg and I may be children of Satan. And I just, I don't even think I responded. I think I started to type back with like a, uh, okay. And then I and then I just I, there's really no way that you can. Uh, yes, I would. I think Greg and I might be children of the devil. <laughs> yeah, there's there's really no uh, there's there's really no response to that. that. That seemed adequate, so I just sort of said, "Oh, all right then," and I filed it away for future reference. Uh, what else coming up today at eight twenty? We'll talk to Jessica Kirsch. Uh, she's the second of four uh, contestants we're going to interview for KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest. It starts Monday morning. At the 7 a.m. What else is coming up today? We'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent uh, Steve Kastenbaum from New York City. Also, James Roop from Los Angeles, where on the one hand, I guess they're, they're going to use this, as I predicted, they're going to use this Jackson thing to crack down on, you know, being able to load yourself up on prescriptions. Because I get the feeling you were just able to, walk, you know, they're, they're sort of like, uh, you know, hot dog vendors, except they were like Vicodin vendors on the corner everywhere in L.A., and you were able to do, do, do walk down the street and load up on your uh, your choice of prescription painkillers and so forth. Well, they're like uh, the Beverly Hills edition of the taco truck. <laughs> Not so much ty- uh, tacos as it is it's sort of uh, you know like oxycontin. Yes. Oh, and then and then I guess they're they're looking at that the guy the tent city guy the kidnapping uh, J C Duggard guy. So they think he may have uh, grabbed a couple of other kids back in the eighties, which may or may not tie into the fact that they purportedly found a bunch of. Uh, 
uh, you know, like femurs and whatnot in this backyard. So it's all very unpleasant. It's uh, 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. We are joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen. Hello, how are you today? Good morning. I'm doing well. Bicycle again? I did. Man, you're, the, you're really making me feel like a loser. <laughs> well, that's the only form of exercise I get because I don't do any other kind. No, it's, I mean, it's impressive, though. I, you know, even though even if it's 3.30 in the morning and there's no real traffic to speak of, that's still, I mean, that's a, that's not an insignificant achievement, so well done. Thank you. Yeah, I know. I, I did calculate it. It is four miles here. Yeah. I mean, so you're getting like 10 miles every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, you get the smug superiority of being able to tell your friends you did it at like three in the morning. It does make me feel a little good, and I like having my bike out in the hallway, too, because it, it's like I'm secretly bragging. Well, it's going to be you're taunting everybody else. I mean, that really is one of the... Uh, that is one of the not insignificant uh, benefits of, of exercising in the morning is that you can lord it over everybody else. I mean, that really is, that's one of the things that comes along with exercise that we don't talk about out loud, but that is very real. Oh, no, it's true. I'm totally bragging about it. Awesome. And yesterday I went and saw uh, Halloween 2. Was it just as good as you expected it to be? I'm it sure was... it was a masterpiece <laughs> with Rob Zombie behind the camera. There's no way that it could be anything but flawless. Was, it was the goriest movie I have ever seen in my entire life. Really? It was disgusting it was disgusting i mean i have no doubt that it was disgusting but i it seems let me just tell you there, there's at a point uh somebody's head gets stomped in to a pile of mush well all right then hey tim we've got something for you to see this afternoon i mean that sounds wonderful maybe the next again moments. and again and again awesome. quite honestly i mean it was entertaining but holy god like it's, there's something broken it was entertaining i have to say that you're the first person not only that i know i think you're the first person i've heard i mean i mean taking into account i think message boards internet reviews professional film reviews i think you may be the sole thumbs up like on planet earth about that movie so well done no that wasn't a thumbs up all right not that we're not uh, not that we're not big fans of it we're going to hey, be Rick, giving away we have uh, giveaways for today we're going to be giving away a pair of passes to the goriest movie Sarah's ever seen, uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 playing at Regal Cinema. Head stomping. <laughs> it's a good time. It was just like all about the killing. Like uh, like the first Halloween was about backstory. This one all about just uh, stabbing and squishing. It's a head stomper's ball. Awesome. At the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. Expect showers today. And showers the next couple days. High temperatures in the 70s. 5.08 now. Well, now they've done it. We're officially stuck with the Memorial Coliseum forever since it's been officially listed in the National Register of Historic Places. But it was only built in 1960. Apparently, that's ancient history to some people. It joined 16 other Oregon properties built after 1950 to join in this exclusive club. One of the other ones, go to OregonHeritage.org and see the list. Here's another reason to avoid uh, coming down, Tom. Two bicycle lanes, as wide as car lanes, have been added on Southwest Dark and Oak. The buffered bike lanes run between Burnside and NATO Parkway. Sections of Oak Street that used to have two-way traffic have become one-way. So that's why we were talking about this uh, a couple weeks ago. We were trying to figure out exactly where this is. So this is by... Like Rocco's Pizza, sort of by Powell's, right? Yeah. And if you were to head down past... what bikes are usually stacked up there anyway. And isn't there that park there that's just filled with homeless people all the time? Yes. Yes. And there's the, that's where the food, not bombs, jackasses are always hanging out? Yes. Mm. I mean, I'm sure they're, sure they're a great organization of folks. It just, every time I go by, it just seems like there's an endless parade of... of it's just like one big stink fest of guys holding bad paper plates sort mm. of in line to get something. Um, but if you go down that way, so now it is... 
So you can't drive on that street anymore? Is it just for bicycles? Uh, let's see. It is now one way. Well, so, the lane that's open is one way. It used to be two way. Because they have removed, in other words, they've gotten rid of one of the lanes and made it for bicycles. Here's the problem dr- downtown. And the only time I really drive downtown is when there are no other cars. So I drive downtown early in the morning, and I'm usually the only car there. And every two feet, there's another sign. It's right. either spray-painted in the street or hanging up somewhere. And there's there are like a dozen signs within two blocks. What they don't take into consideration is people are moving, and they're expected to read these signs. Right. Cars move. They don't. They are not stationary, sitting on the street, stopped reading signs. Well, that's like when they tell you to design. Uh, sir, can you sweeten my microphone mm-hmm. ever so slightly? Thank you. Uh, the when they tell you to design a billboard, you can always tell a badly designed billboard because it's got lots of tiny print and lots of type and a whole bunch of things you're supposed to read. And whenever you like, if you've ever taken a graphic arts class or or an advertising class, they'll tell you that a billboard. When you design it, you should make it about the size of a license plate and put it across the room from you. And that simulates what the billboard actually looks like, which is why the best billboards... You know what's great right now? Those, uh, is it those 76 billboards that say we're on the driver's side, and it's all just the one sentence? And it says... that One that's kind of creepy that actually... It, it's on Powell, and it says... Uh, you're right. That was probably just a bump in the road. Mm. 76, uh, we, which is sort of unnerving, but kind of great. And I like the Oregon Lottery one with the smelly hippies in the car looking at the total... <laughs> Uh, but you're right, because you don't, you don't have time to sit there and process just a whole bunch of crap as you're going by at 40 miles an hour. So when you're trying to process one side, you've already run over another message. <laughs> or, or in fact, a cyclist. Right. Um, but th- they've also added something downtown. I think I ju- it was uh, yesterday, maybe two days ago I saw it. It's not one of those... Um, those bike lane things that's at a stop sign. It's like a green box. Yes. But it's like in the middle of the intersection, right. though. It, it is on Market Street, and it has an arrow pointing in one direction. I don't remember what it is, because you miss it because you're reading another sign on another pole right across the street from it. So I, I, if I was driving in traffic, I've already broken a law or run somebody over or both. It is. And, and then, I guess if you run somebody over, you are breaking a law. Well, and then, well, that's only that's only if you run over the you know the, the wrong kind of people, Tim. The so then you have to go home and hose out your grill, and then it's just a whole it's a whole thing. But it is on Market Street, and I'll tell you why I know that because I was coming back from Beaverton yesterday, uh-huh. uh, and I as, it, you know when I come back from Beaverton, I never. You know, I never end up taking the the way that takes me directly to the Ross Island Bridge because it's always too crowded. So I will go uh, cut right through the middle of downtown. And as I was going, and then I do that thing of going through the intersection, and I realize that they have added this new green box that has this weird wonky arrow that is pointing off in some diagonal direction. Is like, is is this the way the the bicycle is pedaling into a train? <laughs> and then I am so I am so consumed with curiosity about. Well, that's an interesting box. What do you speak? Whoa! And then I realize you've already run it over. Not only have I run that over, but I'm not. Pay- then I find myself actually looking out the side window of the car as I go by, trying to figure out what it's pointing to. Exactly. And by that point, it's like my car is just. I'm I'm tire deep. In college students, I mean, it it just the whole thing seems designed to throw you off your game when you're driving. So, but I just wanted to bring that. It's like why bother with downtown signs, signs everywhere. There's signs, you know. Di- downtown just seems like a, it should be written off at this point. I think downtown is a lost cause in terms of uh, in, in terms of, of driving and, and cycling. You know what Let's I mean? Put up signs everywhere. I think it should just become sort of a Lord of the Flies thing. If you make it through downtown, you know what? Then you're shrewd enough to continue driving or cycling. If not. It's a little, uh, you know, it's a little natural selection and action. Only the most competent among us will live to drive another day.
Straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley coming up later on. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, Ryan White coming up today, 7 o'clock. Mystery guest at 7.40. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We are live from beautiful, if confusing, downtown Portland, Oregon. Stay right there. Back after this, it's Wednesday morning. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. I can take or leave him. It's okay. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's a Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up at uh, 540, we have more news from Tim Riley. 6 o'clock, talk to CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. 7 o'clock, uh, Ryan White from the Oregonian. And at 740, mystery guest. On the uh, scale of 1 to 7, how awkward do you think today's mystery guest might make me? 7 being really awkward? Yes. Like a 5. Really? Based on your email yesterday, I thought it was going to be, or are you playing the, are you rope-a-doping right now? You're just laying back and you're letting me get a false sense of security. Come on, Rick. You and I have discussed this. Like, we, we know how to spin this stuff. All right, fair enough. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From New York City, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. How are you today? Good morning. Doing well. Thank you. Let me ask you about this term that the police in this Yale thing are using. Uh, they're talking about that, that phrase, person of interest. And I never quite know what that means. Person of interest, they haven't arrested you. So it's like they don't have you like in a, in a room somewhere, uh, you know, with Andy Sipowitz putting a light in your eyes. Or do they? I never know what it means. Uh, you know, I think it's basically defending themselves against lawsuits in case this guy never gets charged or something like that. But uh, they, they've taken this lab technician into custody, and the judge in New Haven, Connecticut, has issued a warrant, uh, both the search warrant for his house and a DNA warrant, which would compel him to give DNA evidence. Uh, they said uh, in reports in New Haven that he had scratches on his chest, so one can deduce from that that uh, Annie Lay may have had DNA evidence uh, beneath her fingernails, and the investigators want to see if there's a match. So what is it? What is the timeline from when she vanished to when they found her body, which is what, a couple days ago? She uh, disappeared on a Tuesday, and her body was found that subsequent weekend, the day before she was to be married. And has is this guy sort of um, when they, when you say that they, he's a person of interest? Have the cops said how they arrived at that conclusion, or did they just uh, is that the sort of thing that they that they hold back? You know, one of those like details that they always say they, they don't tell the media because they want to sort of uh, you know because they don't want to give the game away. Yeah, pretty much. They, it's really kind of frustrating because they've been parsing out the information uh, so sporadically, and and uh, some of it is coming from. Yale University officials, they said that they know every single person who went into that building that day that she disappeared, and they claimed that that narrowed the suspect pool, but police came back and said uh, nothing has been narrowed. So, you know, they're really playing it uh, very cautiously here. All right. On that note, my friend, I will uh, let you get back to what is undoubtedly a very busy day. Have a uh, fantastic day. We'll talk to you soon, Steve. My pleasure. Thank you. CNN Radio Correspondent Steve. Kastenbaum in New York City. Yes, I was watching uh, Anderson Cooper last night. And first of all, two things. One, Anderson Cooper was, it was like 25 minutes on, on the, the Yale thing. And then the rest of it was just David Gergen trying to re- retain some sort of uh, composure and order while everybody else screamed at one another. On that program. I actually had to leave the room for a while last night because Laura was watching it. And it was just, 
I felt like I'd fallen into some uh, some the, the weird confluence of Bill Maher's show and Fox News. It was just like a whole lot of unpleasant screeching. So I only got little bits and pieces of that Yale thing. This email says, uh, Eric, I was wondering the same thing about that green box downtown. You'd think that they could put up some sign explaining it, but then I guess I have two signs to miss and ignore and not just one. Maybe they should have some sort of a primer film that we can all see to get us back up to speed on these things. It's like attempting to drive downtown. <laughs> they what have... signs to look at, which signs to miss. And is this the thing that we are creating, like without any oversight? In other words, if I were to go to any other city on Earth, would I see those same green boxes on the street? Or have we created that system? Is that a Portland-only method of, of traffic uh, control? It sounds like some European thing. And you know what happens when we introduce European-style things here in America? That's right. You know what follows, don't you? Failure Mm -hmm. and socialism. All right. Except for the... uh, Well, never mind. Uh, Straight ahead, we will have more news from uh, Tim Riley coming up at the top of the hour. CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. Uh, 7 o'clock, Ryan White from the Oregonian. 740, mystery guest. You stay there. The Rick Emerson Show is live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. Back after this. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock show live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for joining us. It's Rock 101 KUFO, 503-228-4101 is our telephone number. You can also text if you like at 52051, or you can uh, email it as rick at rickemerson.com, Sarah at, uh, with an H at KUFO.com, Tim at KUFO.com, or Greg Nibbler, our esteemed production assistant. He can be reached at Nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R, at KUFO.com. Coming up at 6 o'clock, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop, 7 o'clock, Ryan White from the Oregonian, and at 7.40, mystery guest at uh, 8.20 today. We will talk to Jessica Burt. She is the uh, second of four contestants we're going to be speaking to for KUFO's Survive It and uh, Drive It contest. So that is, which, by the way, I should say that I was thinking about this yesterday. Tim actually had to duck out uh, to take his, what, your dog was having his teeth cleaned or something yeah, yesterday? Yeah, a few other things done. So Tim had to duck out and wasn't here for the last hour of the show yesterday. You didn't get to stick around when we talked to that Chad Hensley guy who was the first of the four competitors. I was thinking about how much this is just your absolute embodied nightmare, Tim. <laughs> the idea of having to live in a truck with three other people and all of their waste uh, over several weeks and not being able to get out. I had a truck once, but I, I, I moved to Oregon in the truck, a pickup truck. Mark one. I like cheese. <laughs> At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. There is he. I had a pickup truck. <laughs> I, I, bought it that a, I... I bought it at a DUI impound in L.A. for like 400 bucks. I drove it up here with the all ju- my worldly belongings many years ago. The judges are willing to stipulate that we acknowledge your ownership of a truck in the past. Here's Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. It's 539. I don't see what's so funny. Expect showers in the next couple days. High temperatures in the 70s. Good news, the recession is over. Hooray! What? The recession is over. That's not... Somebody declared it yesterday. So everybody's 
spread the word. The recession is over. Everybody go get yourselves further in debt immediately. Things are going to get better. At this very moment, I can feel uh, life improving. Don't the get me wrong. The future is here. I, I would like for it to be true. It would be nice if the recession were over. But I I think that part of it is, and this may sound um, a little, um, I don't know, this may, this may seem like a dumb thing to say, but I feel like part of it has been that it's summer, and it's bright, and it's warm outside, and people are not sitting at home all the time. They're not having to heat their house. And so I think it's a lot easier to have a positive mental outlook in July. I think once, like, the end of November or mid-December rolls around and it's darkness for 18 hours a day, I think it's going to be a lot harder for everybody to tell themselves that a new morning has broken in America. They're going to be new jobs. Really? Yeah, want to hear about this? Is that what the government has said? No, no. Private industry. The private industry, not the government, is saving us. Hybrid cars are going to be manufactured in Hillsborough. The Triniton plant will build the Neutron 3. The Neutron 3, this is a three-wheeled, two-passenger vehicle. It gets as much as 150 miles to a gallon because it relies uh, mostly on an electronic uh, gizmo for power. And I've already seen some of these three, not necessarily this brand, but I have seen three-wheeled vehicles in my neighborhood. Uh, I've seen them in, in Hawthorne, too. Yeah. I don't know how fast they go. I haven't seen them on the highway, but I've seen people drive around town. So they get 150 miles to a gallon. Plans are on the drawing board for bigger models. The company's working through PCC to hire up to 100 employees to work in everything from manufacturing to management. I don't really know that I want to drive a car named after a bomb. I mean, you know, if driving a car named after something that explodes is perhaps not the shrewdest of marketing ideas, but what do I know? So it's made by what company? Trinitron? Trinitron. This guy's like uh, Tecker Man in his dream. I, I was, have his name here somewhere. I was just going to ask if it's like one dude in a it garage. Is, it, with is his... a, it is a dude. Um, he has a foreign name. Some Philo Farnsworth kind of guy who's huh? just there with his brother-in-law and a guy named Chet. Yep, basically. Uh, but he has money. Well, fair enough. And, and look what DeLorean did. Well, I, you know, we've said for the longest time that, it, that we need uh, some his name is third-party company to create a car like this. Tinny Savinson. Tinny Savinson. Well, right, He's then. the uh, chief executive officer. And uh, let's see, the, and his friend Dave is uh, the director of business development. Is that exactly, is that how the company is referred to? Tinny and his friend Dave bring you the car of tomorrow. Well, I'm trying to simplify the story, so. Are we sure this is a real company? This isn't just like uh, some they guy. They ground already. It's not just a guy clutching a bong, right, who uh, who called a news conference and said that he had invented a, a great device in between rounds of giggles. There's a picture of him standing in front of the the uh, prototype. It's like a car that was cut in half. So what when you say three-wheel, so it's, it's, so it's uh, just one wheel in front and two in the back. Is this like this that? One uh, that? This one looks like, this one's a little bit different. This only this has two wheels in front and one in back. It's just the opposite of what I've seen. Is this like that BMW smart car thing that, that, has been, that looks like the, um, it looks like just the cabin cockpit part of a helicopter? You know what I'm talking about? I don't know if I've seen those. You know, it's, it's like it's just sort of a round bubble of a car. Yeah. Is that kind of what we're talking about here? This is like a half a shoe. All right. But those usually have the wheel in the front and the two in the back. Right. And this one has the two in the front and one in the back. And why not? That is seems this... like it would be wonky. Uh, yeah, just the whole thing is very confusing to me. Is this a thing that you listen, you plug it in somewhere? I mean, what is the car? Yes. What... You recharge it. It gets up to 150 miles to a gallon. Mm. All right. And why not? So good luck to uh, Tinny. And his friend Dave. And his friend Dave. Yeah. So, I don't know how many times we're going to play this. I have uh, the long version and the short version of He's a Jackass. Which one do you want to hear, long or short? Uh, how long is long? Uh, six seconds. Uh, I say we go short with Short version is one and a half seconds. Let's, let's go with, let's just live on the edge today and play the whole six-second cut. Okay, so this is uh, President Obama. There have been uh, 
This is when, uh, well, he was cut off the record. Talk about uh, Kanye. The young lady seems like a perfectly nice person. She's getting her award. What's he doing up there? Why would he do that? He's a jackass. It's awesome. Yeah. I uh, I love him. Here's the short version in case you want to use it later. He's a jackass. Oh, is that so I can use it in some sort of wacky show yes. montage and make it seem as though he's talking about perhaps one of us? That's why I put this show together like this. You know. The, I said yesterday, and I stand by this assessment, that, that was it, it was clearly a thing he knew was being recorded, especially after that business of him swatting the fly and everybody getting uh, all over his ass about that. Uh-huh. He did this knowing that it would leak out, but that he has plausible deniability. In other words, he can look like a class act, as though right. he did not intend for everybody to hear this. So he wiggled and wagged his finger, saying, don't put this on the air. <laughs> all this stuff. I'm assuming all this stuff. Where's the pool? Come on, guys. Let, cut the president some slack. I got a lot of other stuff on my plate. So on the one hand, he claims that he does not want everybody to hear it, yet yeah. he knows everybody will, so he can effectively pull, you know, play both sides of the fence. Well done, President Obama. Well, this is going to happen sooner or later. Blockbuster is just about going under. They've been ripping off people for years. I mean, they've been offering value for many, many years. <laughs> the Los Angeles Times reports Blockbuster will close close to 1,000 stores by next year. The company revealed its plans yesterday. It said about 18% of Blockbuster stores are not generating a profit. Hard to believe. Well, the 47, only 47% are mildly profitable. The number is a big increase over the previous announcement that it would only close 450 stores. They're also going to make changes to other locations and focus on used DVDs. So, you know, they have 4,300 locations. 18% of the stores are generating no profit at all. That means one out of every five Blockbuster stores you see is actually. I mean, just probably losing money, but at the very least, not making money. Just absolutely flatlining and in terms to look of grubby. In terms of the revenue. yellow letters have dirt and spiders crawling all over them. <laughs> They've gone down to every other month janitor service. Let's not get this cleaned uh, this week. Let's wait a few and have it scrubbed then. Right. Well, the wife of a South Carolina Republican, Joe Wilson, had a question for her husband after the president's address to Congress. Uh, Wilson called his wife right after the speech, and she said. Joe, who's the nut out there that ho- hollered, you're a liar, she asked. Oh, wow. Really? Mm-hmm. Roxanne Wilson's comments were part of a web video released prior to yesterday's Democratic-sponsored resolution of disapproval in the House. On the video, she went on to say that her husband does not deserve the scolding he's received, like that was going to help, and added she's very appreciative that the president had accepted her husband's apology. So this is the guy. So he stood up and he yelled, uh, you know, you're a liar. And then he gets home and his wife wants to know, hey, who's that jackass in the back of the room who was uh, interrupting the president? He's a jackass. That's fantastic. Well done. <laughs> See? <laughs> and I and, I give the people what they want. And I didn't necessarily think that that edited version of the jackass comment would come in handy. All right. Oh, no, never doubt, Tim. No, I... I never. I We're never not even done the first hour yet. Awesome. Here. Think of all the creative uses for it. It's Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so, so since you asked yesterday about uh, pancreatic cancer, I did a little more research here, and there's a lot more about it. Uh, the American Cancer Society estimates that there are 42,000 new cases this year with 35,000 deaths. Dr. Matthew Walsh says pancreatic cancer is very lethal and spreads very early. Pancreatic cancer, unfortunately, is a highly lethal cancer. And even at a small size in the pancreas, it can spread early in the course of the disease. And so, unfortunately, the majority of people are not unlike Patrick Swayze, who it's diagnosed at an advanced stage. Unfortunately, the majority of people are unlike Patrick Swayze in every other way. That is true. 
Uh, keep a close eye on some telltale signs of pancreatic cancer. If people have new symptoms, especially new onset of diabetes late in life or unexplained weight loss or unexplained abdominal pain or certainly jaundice, which is the most common symptom um, other than pain and weight loss, uh, you certainly want to be evaluated as soon as possible. I think there should be some law that the more depressing the subject matter you're discussing, the, the, the more you ought to be required to be amusing in some other way. Like if you have that guy who... It's just a real big buzzkill, that guy. You ought to, he should have to sing things like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're delivering bad news or you're talking about something, uh, you know, that's just going to be bleak or grim in some way, like pancreatic cancer or being covered in sores, he ought to have to, and in 98% of cases, it is lethal within six months. Hey, now! Just sort of a, like as a counterman to the, you know, to the, to the, to the content there. Well, it's just a real big downer. Well, here's something to cheer you up. The uh, New Jersey elevator urinator has been caught. The serial elevator urinator of New Jersey has been apprehended. According to New Jersey's The Times, Antonio Vega was arrested after surveillance cameras captured him urinating in the same elevator over and over again. Now, he began this ugly habit in June, visiting a medical building several times during his working days. Police say the company that owned the building filed a complaint last month. And after a couple of escapes, authorities are able to capture the urinator. Now, does he work in this building? No. He just went there to urinate. He's charged with criminal mischief, <laughs> and will have to pay a $2,000 bill to repair the elevator. I'm only here for the peeing, thanks. But, I mean, did he... In other words, it wasn't, it wasn't like he worked on floor number three and went up to floor number five to, like, whiz in the elevator or something. He... We, was he going across town just for the sole purpose of peeing in this elevator? That's what it looks like. Was there something especially alluring about said elevator? Did it have a potted plant that he found very fetching or something? I don't know. Speaking of elevators, here's something else for you to consider. Once you get on an elevator, this happened to me twice in the, in the past. I was at the World Trade Center, then I was at the Coin Tower. Once you're inside the elevator, there are no buttons inside anymore. You can't change your floor. You have to choose your floor before you get on. The doors close. And you have to stick with it. What do you mean you have to choose your floor before you get on? It's the, outside the, of the elevator? Yes. They've taken the buttons out of the inside of the elevator that let you choose your floor. You have to choose it beforehand. Well, what if you get off on the wrong floor? Then that, that's your problem. <laughs> and you are hoist by your it own It still tells you what tarred. floor that, that you've arrived at. But you may no longer make your selection inside the elevator. What Both at possibly, the Coin Center and the World Trade Center. What would be the logic of that? I don't know. Is that be, So is that because... Well, so, okay, if so I get... That's it, just two elevators downtown. I'm sure there are more. So if I get on at the, at the first floor and I press the button for floor number five, the elevator comes, it arrives, I get on, it takes me up to floor number five. I realize, OMG, I really need to go to floor number nine. I have to get off at five, press the button on the outside that says Correct. nine, and wait for the elevator to come back. Correct. That makes no sense at all. It doesn't, but that's the way it is now. This is, that's really going the wrong way in elevator button design. Because, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I was on... Where was I at? I think it... I'm trying to remember where I was. I, I was, I was, some, oh, it was at the, when I was downtown this weekend at the, what's it, the, the Newmark Theater. So I was getting on the elevator there and I meant to go to three and I hit four by mistake. But, you know, I was just early, I didn't have my coffee and whatever, so I hit the wrong button. You know what occurred to me? When you're on an elevator and you press a button, you ought to be able to press that button again to, like, deselect that floor. You can't anymore. I bet, but you've never been able to. That's a thing they always should have had. So if you get onto the elevator and you press the wrong button, you ought to be able to press it again, and it will cancel out 
that selection of the floor. Can we do it in our elevator here? Uh, I don't think you can do anything in our elevator here, because the last time I tried to use it to demonstrate to somebody how it says that there's three floors, but there's only two, it just rattled and shook and then didn't even move. Maybe somebody's urinating it. I was just going to say, and it <laughs> smells like whiz in there. There's no there's no other way. To, and it's not like a mildew. It's not like a mold. It's not like a vague sort of, uh, you know, um, dampness. It It smells like actual... You know, whiz like uh, maybe you know. they'll clean it up when they bring it to the new building. No, it's yes, I'm sure that'll be the case. All right, straight ahead we have seen a radio correspondent Jim Roop at uh, six a.m. Ryan White from the Oregonian will be here at seven a.m. and at seven forty. Mystery guest: The Rick Emerson Show continues next live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Stay right there. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock One Hundred One KUFO. UFO, Portland. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Thank you for uh, joining us. Coming up at 7 o'clock. Ryan White, music editor for the Oregonian, will uh, be here. And at 7.20, today's top five. Top five songs, so happy they make people angry. One of the top five songs that are so happy they, in fact, fill people with a black murderous rage. Coming up at 7.40, mystery guest today. And we have a, uh, did we just get a final confirmation on the mystery guest? Yes. Yes. You had a, a, a small and somewhat evil grin on your face, so. This is just something that uh, could be hilarious or terribly awkward or disastrous yes. awesome uh so that is at uh, 740 and then coming up at uh, 820 we'll talk to the second of the four contestants in kufo's survive it is this the crazy one? and drive it contest i don't know See, i know that there's one crazy one but we don't know who it is here's the thing yesterday's guy the guy that came in yesterday chad was it seemed fairly mellow but I got the feeling that he was, I got the feeling that it, it, it sort of rubbed the wrong way or if he was put in the wrong sort of situation, things might turn a little bit uh, unpleasant with him. But we've been told that of the four people who are competing in the Survive It and Drive It, which starts Monday, and basically the deal is you're going to be inside a truck, uh, Dick Hanna Dodge. There's four people who go inside a truck. They're each assigned a seat, although I guess they rotate as time goes on. And then they're just in the truck for weeks on end. Uh, until they all drop out, and you know, the, the last person left inside, which I think is not as easy as it sounds, mm-hmm. because you're only allowed out for 15 minutes every three hours. You have to eat what is brought to you. You can only eat and drink what what is purchased and, and, and what is brought to you, and you can't throw anything away. All your garbage has to stay inside the truck with you, which is especially great. I think one of the only can rules, they eat the garbage? You can eat the garbage, but you cannot expel any bodily waste inside. Oh, uh, that's if you vomit or you know anything like vomiting, uh, you will be removed from the vehicle. Do you have to clean it up? If you, that happens. I think that you will be billed if there's any sort of um, if any sort of waste uh, were to um, then you'll be yelled at by Susan Reynolds. Were to leave, and you don't want that. No, were to leave your body. I think that that's a that's a bill that will accrue to you. But uh, it did It did also say that unacceptable amounts of verbal violence would not be tolerated, but that there was, quote, an acceptable amount of verbal violence. So you can do that. You also can't beat anybody senseless with the goal of making them leave the truck. But, it could, but the rules, as I read them, 
didn't rule out just sort of violence for its own sake. Like just, you know, as a way to pass time. So coming up in the shutting somebody's finger in the door over and over again. That's right, Tim, because that's just funny. It is. Tim Riley is working on the following headlines on your Wednesday morning. Whitney Houston tells Oprah she stayed in her pajamas for six months. Uh, Tom DeLay was injured while rehearsing for Dancing with the Stars. And OJ's ex, Christine Prody, claims he once threatened to kill her, just like Nicole. That's hard to believe. All right. It was totally unexpected. It's uh, 503-228-4101. Is this, do we have Jim? Um, I'm trying to figure out exactly what the... All right, okay. It's 503-228-4101. Let's, uh, uh, do we have a... Okay, so Greg is telling us we have... Is this about elevators? Yes. All right. Hi, Rick Emerson Show. Who's this? Hey, this is Sam. Hey, Sam. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm an elevator guy. When you say an elevator guy, you mean you're just an aficionado or? <laughs> no, I actually uh, build elevators for a living. And, okay, so uh, so please do explain. Um, well, two things. First of all, why would there be buttons on the outside of the elevator now? Why would they remove the floor selection buttons from within? They call it destination dispatching, and theoretically it's supposed to speed up the traffic so that you actually wait less for an elevator because it goes right to where it's supposed to. So people don't press multiple buttons inside the cab and send you where you don't want to go. I mean, is that a thing that people still do? I thought that maybe that had uh, gone the way of leaving a bag of flaming poo on your front porch, that we we no longer did that. You'd be surprised how many people don't know how to ride an elevator. You know, they'll be on the floor and they'll hit the up and down (laughs) button. Uh, I know it's complicated, but uh, you'd be surprised. That makes me sad for this country that I would, in fact, be surprised at how many people don't know how to ride in an elevator. It seems like one of your one-step processes, really, just sort of get on and then repeat. Um, so, okay, so there's that. Also, let me ask you a question. Just uh, me to you, Sam, and we can be honest here. There's nobody listening. <laughs> the The closed door button doesn't do anything, does it? It's it's not even connected. Well, you know, um, it, it'll close eventually, you know. It, that button is, if I were to look inside the panel of the elevator, that thing that says closed door, those wires go nowhere, right? I mean, it's not, it, it, that seems like it's there just to give me the illusion of control. Yeah, well, yeah absolutely, you know. You have to be an elevator guy to have the little special button to get it to go where you want to go. Excellent. All right, my friend. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. Call us anytime. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's a Rick Emerson show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is 503-228-4101 on this Wednesday morning. Coming up later on the day, Oregonian music editor Ryan White will join us at uh, 7 o'clock. Coming up at 7.20, the top five songs so happy, uh, happy they make people angry. Uh, that is, uh, I'm sorry? Uh, Jim should be calling in in ah. just a minute or so. Uh, yeah, coming up at 7.20, top five songs so happy they make people angry. Coming up at 7.40, mystery guest. Let me just ask you this one question about the mystery guest: Is uh, is this someone that um, is this someone that just came together? It, it was you were able to just confirm it within the last day or so, or is this somebody you've been working on for quite some time? Well, we've been working on it, but uh, it, it, it was a happy coincidence that it came together because they had a busy schedule because they, there were many other people lined up to interview them. Perhaps because they're uh, because they don't get a lot of time to talk while they're on tour. Who's to say? Damn you, Sarah <laughs> Dillon! Uh, uh, and in the 8 o'clock hour, and we'll talk to Jessica Kirsch, who's the second of the four contestants. Uh, for, we so should we're going to try and like, psych her out again, too, right? Here, yes, and here's the thing. We should 
tell every one of the contestants that we hear there's a crazy person. Because I don't know who the well, crazy one is. True. But see, but is, is he? Is it? Because that's the thing we heard from. I think it was Susan or Panic or somebody that told us that. Well, you know, one of these contestants is flat out crazy, and I'm not sure if they actually specified which contestant it is. So we'll just make every contestant afraid that there is somebody. Yeah, no, we'll it have was to never ask specified. each one. Are you the crazy one? Yes. Are you crazy? We should say that one of them has done time. Okay. I'm we sure should completely that. do that. We should totally. We should let the. No, 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 no. You know, we heard that. Uh, well, some one of them, you know, one of the contestants is on parole. I mean, it's not you, is it? I mean, I'm, I'm sure not that there's anything was. wrong with that. Yeah, I would just be. I mean, I think it was for a violent crime too. Yeah, they brought in the cadaver dogs, searched the backyard. <laughs> that took a dark turn just now. Well, that's where you were heading. I thought I'd finish it. Seeing a radio correspondent, James Roop will be joining us here in a moment. Tim Riley is uh, tracking the following stories on your Wednesday morning. The armed citizen, a burglar, breaks into a Baltimore man's house and he is killed with a samurai sword. Excellent. Uh, let's see. Oh, it's official. The Memorial Coliseum will be with us forever. It's been added to the National Register of Historic Places, some other uh, places, too, after they were built after 1950. Don't ask me how things are antiques that were built in the 50s, but I guess we'll take them. And spyware allows hackers to tap into your cell phone and, and watch your every move, perhaps really? even right now. Really? <laughs> even, as, even as we're doing this program? Yes. I might be, uh, they might be observing my, uh, my every footstep. Yes. That's unnerving. My every scratching. By the way, did I just see you just now with a uh, Purell handy wipe going, like, cleaning between the buttons on your mouse? There was something there that was up against my finger that did not feel like it belonged there. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Perhaps by a previous user. I don't they even... might have been engaged in some other activity before using this. Like eating a sticky bun? Uh, there was something sticky. <laughs> like uh, reading a sticky have, bun. Yeah, well, I'm, I I don't want to even visualize what might have happened, but it's gone. When you say that there was something up it, against your finger, it that was rubbing have... up against my finger, and it, it belonged to somebody else. Are you previously uh, used this? Are you talking about your clicky finger? Your the the, the pointer finger? Yes. Your clicky finger. My well, you know, well, because so when you were holding the mouse. Was it more there was of some a foreign object that was stuck to it? Was it more of a was it more of a viscous goo like subject, or was it more of an object? It was a solid object that it attached it. People are eating breakfast. You can visualize what oh, that see, might be. You totally it, went a different someone, way. Well, someone's fingers were somewhere else before they touched this. I was thinking you were. I was thinking, and I thought I gave a, it a good scrubbing when I came in, but apparently it wasn't good enough. I was Not thinking it was some sort of a. Um, how do I put this? I was thinking it was some sort of a nose-based substance. Well, uh, that's what I think it was. Right, oh my well. god! Even you though really I don't want to take it to that, I was just wondering. Well, I knew you were thinking that. By the way, somebody has uh, clarified this business of the bike box. So we were talking about those green boxes, and there's Nobody one. Can you describe this? Because I don't know what you're talking about. It's, it's a on, square in the middle of the road that you drive over every morning, and so it's, it's flat. on Market. Flat. It's at around 14th and Market. That's the one that we were referring to earlier on in the show. I was coming back from Beaverton yesterday, and there's that uh, the business when you get off whatever it is, you get off 26 or something, where, where it splits, and you can either go into 405, or you can go, you can head toward the Ross Island Bridge or whatever. Okay, yeah. And so I always, if I have to get to southeast from Beaverton anytime, like late in the morning or late in the afternoon, because you just the, the rush hour traffic starts you know, kind of earlier every day, it seems like. So I will just go all the way through downtown and get onto front, and that's how I get to the Ross Island Bridge. So I'm obliged to go down market, and there is this bright green box, and it's not like some of the bike boxes that are already in existence, where there's sort of 
you know, they're kind of before the intersection. They are at the end of the bike lane, but before you get to the red light. It's the size of a welcome mat. And it's, but it seems to be sort of in the middle of the intersection. Like it's actually out in the sort of, uh, out in the sort of street area. And then there's this weird kind of wonky arrow that's in the middle that of it. That points to the right. It's like, Bicyclists ride this way to be hit by a train because that's what's that way, a train. And you ask yourself, what is this box for? And what am I supposed to do when I get here? And what are bicyclists supposed to be doing once they arrive at this box? And then you realize that it's consumed so much of your time and cerebral energy trying to ponder it that you have gone through a red light and you were into the side of a school bus. And you can't get it out of your head. No, and then you just then you just dwell on it forever. So it seems to be more things like that. So the final thing I'll say about it for now, I think things like that are actually more of a hazard than they are any sort of safety uh, preventative measure, because you spend... The signs on... belong on a pole, not on the ground, or put all the signs on the ground, not some on a pole, some on the ground. Final thing, what is that thing when you're on 26 and there are those signs everywhere and it says HM with a line through it? Oh, I've seen that. What, are that, what does that mean? I thought it meant... No royals, like no Her Majesty. That's, that's the only <laughs> thing I, I could think of when I saw it. I've seen a few of them around. I'm sorry, no no uh, members of the Order of the British Empire are to be allowed on this throughway. We apologize well, that's for the what convenience. That's every time I, I see it. Uh, thank you. Let's welcome down the Rick Everson Show, QED. Uh, hello, CNN Radio Correspondent James Roop in Los Angeles. How are you today? I'm well. Sorry about that. I, uh, they gave me uh, Eastern times, and so I was waiting for 818 to give you a call. <laughs> really? Yeah. They they know that we're in Portland, Oregon, that we've yeah, been here for like 11 years. They do that, but, you know, sometimes they forget to put the Pacific time next to it. And so I, you know, I, I just, I didn't, I, I'm not going to. They might have thought it was anyway, the other hi, Portland. Good morning. That's okay. So just send us $5 and all will be made right, Jim. Let me ask you this. Did you know that in Saudi Arabia, uh, time is 15 minutes ahead of everybody else in addition to however many hours? What? Why the 15 minutes? I don't know. I, I, I Perhaps Allah commanded that it be so. But if you like, if it's 5 o'clock here or whatever, and then in Saudi Arabia it's like 2, it's really like 2.15. They have this weird extra quarter hour they tack onto everything. It's, it's it, extra time for lashings. It's, <laughs> yes, it's, it, it's, all, it's more time for beheadings and the punishings of infidels. <laughs> oh, good God almighty. Well, there's uh, all of this. So let me ask you this. Is there yes. an hour? Uh, 75 minutes long? No, I see. I don't think so. I think that they're on the same 24-hour clock. It's just that it starts 15 minutes either behind or ahead of everybody else, depending on how you look at so it. So when it's 11.45 here, it's... It's noon, or, or you know, not noon, but like like 4 o'clock straight up there. Huh, how about that? It doesn't make any sense at all. I have, I have, I think there's Saudi oh, Arabia and there's one other place that like Greenland or somebody does that too, where it's, and they're like, you know, they're 18 and a half minutes ahead of the rest of the world. It's all very, the, the whole time zone thing kind of confuses me. Here's a question I have. If you were in a plane that was circling the globe and you were going fast enough, could you just make it so it was always the same time? Sarah's looking at me like I'm an idiot, but you don't know the answer either. I, I understand what you mean. I'm just saying Sarah doesn't know. Sarah? I think you just wouldn't age. Well, I'm just yeah, saying. I, I will tell you no because of that 15 minute. I mean, you can't catch up to that 15 minutes. You can make you can go fast enough, I think, to make everything the exact same time, except for that extra 15 minutes. Because if you try to catch up to that, you're 45 minutes late on the other end. Oh, you're blowing my mind, man. Hey. This is like I can taste all the colors in my black light poster. <laughs> all right, well, anywho, well, there's all this crap going on. Well, let's, let's start with. 
I mean, not that not that there's any good news as such, but let, let's start with the worst news and kind of get out of the way. So th- this guy, this guy, this uh, nutcase, that th- they think probably kidnapped the. Well, they they don't think. I mean, he hasn't been convicted, but this guy that had J.C. Duggar in his backyard. Right. Um, so now are they thinking that he snatched a couple other kids back in the '80s, and that might tie into these remains that they may or may not have found in his backyard? What is yeah, up with this the, guy? The, the, bone, the bone fragment that they found in on his property, they say it's probably human, so that prompted another search of his property. There are two girls missing from Northern California, one from Hayward, one from Dublin. They're about 60 miles from Garrido's home. Um, and, and the similarities in the way they were snatched, taken in a broad daylight, in a brazen way, um, with everybody watching, and the type of girl they are. You know, they're all similar in look. Uh, and plus, there's a, an artist's rendering of the suspect based on a description to a sketch artist by a witness of one of the girls' abductions. It looks similar to a 1970s, 80s photo of Philip Garrido that authorities have from an earlier arrest. So putting all that together, they think maybe this guy is connected to these two disappearances. The problem is now... The family of these two girls have this renewed hope. I don't know if that's a problem. Oh, yeah, because they think maybe their daughters yeah. are alive in you some know, other and, tent and, somewhere. And one of the mothers yesterday said, look, if J.C. Dugard can be found 18 years later, so can Michaela. Uh. So, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's heaven forbid that bone fragment winds up being one of one of the those little girls. But, you know, it's 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 good and bad to see that kind of renewed hope in the eyes of a parent. Jesus. I mean, that's just, you know, that, and that's where there's just no good, there's no good answer there. There's just, you know, the outcomes are just degrees of bad. There is, there is no happy ending as such. Right. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, is it unhappy or is it, is it, you know, tragic? And I, the, the, my question is, and I don't know that anybody can answer this, but what is it with that wife of his who, I mean, because when they got married, he had already been convicted i think of, of rape right yeah uh, so what i mean and then she presumably i'm not i mean i don't know that she, that she was in on it but she presumably was aware of many of these goings on over the years so i mean has anybody asked like what what is what is her particular mental damage we haven't had we haven't had access to any of them um so no one's been able to ask those kind of questions yet other than maybe the authorities you know, probably saying, "What's your deal, dude? Mm. You know, what, you know dudeette. What is you, you know? What's what are you hanging with this guy for?" Yeah, no. Um, there has to be either he is real good, and to a certain type of person, very charismatic, almost like a Charles Manson type thing, where he can control you. Because even J.C. Dugard told her, a representative of her family who's been speaking, that she feels guilty about the connection she made with this guy over the years. Right. So, you know, maybe he's got some sort of, you know, charism that, that affects a certain kind of person, and maybe that kind of person is Nancy Dugard, but, or Nancy uh, Garrido, but by the same token, she's still a nutcase. Well, you know, and you lock anybody in a tent long enough, they'll probably... Uh, eat, well, I mean, yeah, there's a certain amount of brainwashing yeah. that went on there, but, you know, Nancy Garrido, his wife, you know, she sort of volunteered for this thing. That's true, she did you sign know. up for it. Uh, all right, uh, and then and then on the on the Jackson thing, which is sort of just an ongoing. Uh, I mean, that kind of fell off the radar a little bit, I guess, because we're all just sort of waiting for them to bust this doctor, which which hadn't happened yet. But the the thing that they're talking about now is stopping this so called uh, doctor shopping, and I didn't know this. I was talking to my wife about this. My wife is a nurse. I wasn't aware. I thought if you went to a doctor. Let's say I go to the doctor and I say, hey, I got this pain in my lower back. You wouldn't believe it. All the pain I got. Can you give me something for this ache, doctor? And he says, okay, have a big bottle of Vicodin. And I say, ah, this Vicodin, this is great stuff, which it is, by the way. And I say, this is Vicodin. This is great stuff. I think I need some more of this. I walk 
like down the street and go to a separate doctor from a different uh, hospital. And I say, oh, I've got this pain all down my left side. Oh, I need some Vicodin. And he gives me another bottle of Vicodin. Those two doctors don't know about each other. And so that's the doctor shopping thing, is one doctor doesn't necessarily know that you've gotten something from another doctor, right? In California, that information had been available, but it's, it was an incredibly clunky process. You had to fax and email the attorney general's office, who then did a search on the patient to find out what medications they've, uh, they've gotten from pharmacies or doctors, and then they, they send that back. But by, the, but by that time, the, the patient has gotten two or three different prescriptions from uh, two or three different doctors or pharmacies if they were doctor shopping. What this new database does, it gives pharmacists and doctors in real time a quick search. You go to a doctor you've never been to before and say, you know, you got this, you need this Vicodin. He checks your history. And if you have recently had a prescription filled, that's a flag, and uh, he notifies the authorities that you may be one of those folks who are shopping for doctors. What I haven't been able to find out yet, though, and what got Anna Nicole Smith and Michael Jackson several different prescriptions were pseudonyms. What's the, you know, how, how do you link a fake right, name right. to the patient that's sitting in front of you? Um, so that, and, and they can't answer that for me yet. And I, I talked to Jerry, the attorney general yesterday. Uh, he says, well, well, that's the kind of stuff we're working out. You know, we're taking it under advisement. Yeah, we're, you know, this is not a, this is not, you know, a, a hard and fast scientific. Well, you know, I think you better get there. I always just figured it was like the DMV where, we, we, you know, when they pulled you over, they went and they ran you through SCMODs uh, back in the car, the, uh, the State County Municipal Offender Database or whatever. And they came back and they said, all right, Chester, get out of the car. And then they handcuffed you. It's, it's just, it's sort of odd, uh, you know, what with the pharmaceutical industry being so massive that there was no one resource. But it sounds like they are closing that loophole as we speak. Yeah, I think everybody's trying to get to that point. You know, but still you have the, you know, unless like the authorities have a list of aliases that they acquire over the years, because still criminals get away with stuff by using aliases until they're caught and they can match you with an alias. And, and then they start developing this list. Same thing is going to have to happen with this web-based pharmaceutical, whatever uh, this thing is. Well, clearly, I'm going to have to. Uh, I'm going to have to go load up on Vicodin yeah, before the start, end of the month. You're going to have to get going now. I, 24 states have this particular database, so eventually the other half of the country is going to probably join in. Um, so you might want to. So I got to get to Idaho like today, like like before close of business uh, today. Awesome. Not that, not that we're advocating that you should do anything like that. I'm sorry, Tim? Oh, know? I was wondering if there's anything new on Jessica Simpson's missing dog, Daisy. Oh, the one ab- uh, abducted by a coyote? In Calabasas. Yes, apparently, uh, I think that ended poorly from what we heard yesterday. Well, you know, we got coyotes here, too, and I tried to get them to eat our little dog for a long time. <laughs> But, uh, maybe try. Did you uh, try using barbecue sauce? Maybe I I tried leaving the gate open. I mean, for I, you know, <laughs> I don't know why they didn't pick on my dog because it's it was a little yapping piece of crap. But the you know I, everything I could do, and and they ignored my house. They were eating everybody else's cat and dog, but they left mine alone. Like your dog is like that tethered up goat in Jurassic Park. You just can't quite get that T Rex to come out of the woods. <laughs> uh, well, he'll feed later. But it wound up dying, so I'm okay. You know, you really are the greatest person who's ever lived in many ways, well, Jim Roop. The dog was out of control, <laughs> you know, and, and it, it, you know, so... Also deserved so it. So it, it ended happily for everyone, but the dog. The All right. dog, for heaven's sake. Uh, on that note, my friend, as always, have a, a fantastic day and have a Vicodin for me, won't you please? Absolutely. All right, actually, there you go. Jim Roop, ladies and gentlemen.
Awesome. There you go. Fantastic. We come back. Uh, Joe, I think, is going to explain those HM signs uh, on the highway. This is a total mystery to me. It's just a huge thing with a big... And I'm always afraid that I'm breaking law, and I don't know what it is. Rick Emerson Show continues next from Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is uh, 6.43 coming up at 7 o'clock. Ryan White, music editor from the Oregonian, will be here. Also, Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler, which uh, will actually be good. Ryan, of course, was a you know, sports writer for, I think, 10 years, 11 years, something like that. I think he actually started writing at the Oregonian, doing sports the same, either the same year, it might have actually been the same month uh, that this show debuted in Portland. Anyway, so he uh, is the music editor. We'll uh, talk to him at 7 o'clock. At 7.20, have the top five. Top five songs, So Happy They Make People Angry. Uh, coming up at 7.40, mystery guest, 8 o'clock. Uh, we will have uh, more on uh, just get, uh, all of this stuff uh, coming up. We'll have a little bit more from the rules for Survive It and Drive It. And then at 8.20... We have our second Survive It and Drive It uh, contestant who will be in the studio with us today. Maybe it it's a, the crazy uh, one or the one that was in jail. That's right. <laughs> it might be the one who occasionally just snaps and has to take out uh, all of their anger on whoever happens to be closest. And I'm getting so excited about the mystery guest. I can't even tell you. Uh, I'm holding in my excitement. Do you have any guesses? No. No. See, what would be the, it's a mystery. What would be the point? Of this? I, it, that really is true. I don't I think Greg and I have mastered the art of not letting you know what direction we're going in. I have really, I can tell you this. We went from having a kid from the Disney show to having a guy from the L.A. Lakers. And then somewhere in there was Joan Embry from the San Diego Zoo. So I have nothing. I have zero. Hey, is Don Knotts alive or dead? Anyone? Dead. Are you sure? 99% sure. All right. Don Knotts? I was going to say Don Knotts. That was the mystery guest, but I can't remember if he's dead or not. Greg Nibbler, Don Knotts, dead or alive? Dead. See, I don't really know. Did you just check it? You just look it up? All right, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. He will probably not be the mystery guest today. No. Good morning for the KUFO News Center downtown Portland. 645 now. Expect showers in the next couple days. High temperatures in the 70s. 70 Portland downtown business owners met behind closed doors with the mayor to discuss cracking down on panhandlers plaguing the downtown area. Civilized people are staying away from downtown in droves. Meanwhile, Seattle has a plan here. A city council member is proposing tougher sanctions on their panhandlers. They want to regulate when and how people can ask for money. Don't ask me how they're going to put this into practice. What sort of sanction are you going to have on a panhandler? Yeah, what, what can you really well, take from Well, no panhandler that? would be allowed within 25 feet of an ATM. Begging would also be illegal at street intersections and roadway entrances. Street musicians and newspaper peddlers, I wonder if this includes mimes, would not be subject to these rules. Oh, good, because I would miss the Mickey Mouse trumpet playing guy on the Hawthorne Bridge. Do you run into a lot of mimes who are street musicians? That seems fundamentally at odds with itself. I always see mimes every time I go to Seattle. Really? I don't know why. It's the only place I see them. Are they just doing a jazz thing? I'm playing the notes between the uh, the spaces between the, the between the songs. The the uh, the thing about trying to crack down on those guys is like it just as Sarah pointed out, it's not like they have any money uh, to sue them for. The city can't really sanction. What are you going to take? I'm going to take your dignity and shame. Oh no! I mean, there's, re- there's not a whole lot you can uh, you can do with those guys. By the way, here's a little side note. Here's a thing that nobody really says, but that we all know to be true. 
Street musicians are never playing anything you like, ever, ever, ever. You you have never passed a street musician, not in Portland anyway, you have never passed a musician on the street who is playing a song you really enjoy. It's always some crap you don't want to hear. Street musicians really got to, uh, they got to mainstream their repertoire a little bit, get a little more, uh, you know, a little, you know, a little more top 40 in the human consciousness. I have to tell you, I heard a street music, uh, musician playing Pink Floyd comfortably numb the other day. Really? Mm-hmm. Where at? On Hawthorne. Mm. All I hear is the ice cream track that plays the entertainer, but only the first half of it, which is bad enough. Just looping over and over Mm -hmm. again in a broken kind of way. Hey, you know what I was thinking the other day? You know what would be the creepiest thing ever? An ice cream truck that played the Alfred Hitchcock theme. You know, with that weird broken music box sound? Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm just saying, file that. Somebody either Wes Craven or somebody can put that in your next film. Here's Tim (laughs) Riley. Uh, Seattle's police union is supporting expanded gay rights in the state of Washington. The Greater Seattle Chamber of Commerce also supporting the law, along with Boeing, Nike, Vulcan, and Microsoft. So all the people that people up there work for are for it. It's only the uh, the rednecks in the suburbs who are against it. And did you say that the Vulcans are for gay rights? Yes, the Vulcans. Well, good for them. No, those, those are the giant fan people. They make oh right, fans. okay. So they did okay. They, that's. They, uh, there, uh, there's an office, uh, in Seattle. There's a place for that company that I drive by all the time, and it always kind of weirds me out when I see that name. Here's Tim Riley. Attention! The lady who's robbing coffee shops in Tacoma with a phony painted on mustache. We all know you're actually a lady. You're not fooling anyone. Pierce County Sheriff's investigators looking for the female robber, poorly disguised as a man. She's robbed at least four Tacoma Espresso stands in the past day, wearing a drawn-on mustache. Put a little imagination into this. <laughs> Not even, like, actually affixed it to her face. No. Not kind even like the... a Groucho Marx. Do they have any mustache. pictures of her? Let's see it. I'm picturing nope. her with, oh, uh, with, like, what's-his-name from the Backstreet Boys, who just had, like, the paint, like, the mascara beard that he would, uh, that he would paint onto himself. Mm-hmm. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. The armed citizen, a suspected burglar, was killed earlier this morning by a resident with a samurai sword. Somebody broke into the Baltimore home of uh, this fellow. He heard a noise and found a man in his garage. Oops, hang on a minute. He heard a break-in, and then he found a man in his garage. The student heard some rumbling around, went downstairs to check it out. Uh, he was armed with a samurai sword to protect himself. He found uh, the suspect sitting in the garage, uh, crouched underneath uh, a counter. What's up? I'm sorry. <laughs> Hold on, everybody. Here's what just happened. Here's why I'm laughing. I'm not laughing at the the guy. Well, I am kind of laughing at the burglar who was killed by a samurai. That's what you get for being a burglar, jackass. Here's what just happened. So just just now, as we were playing this soundbite, of the cop talking about the samurai sword, Tim <laughs> appeared to be problems over here. Tim was having what appeared to be an epileptic fit. You're having quite a morning over there. There Tim, was an ant crawling on my copy. Tim was twitching now as though I had just jammed your fingers into a, into a light socket. You looked like you were having um, you an episode like, of some sort. Having what my grandmother used to call a conniption fit just now. There was an ant crawling on my copy. How I allowed the ant to live. <laughs> it's down there somewhere. So you shook it onto the floor so it can terrify others. Yes. Why? How do you suppose an ant got onto your news copy I just now? I don't know. Okay. Weird things happening in this corner, and I'm just not in the mood. I was up all night with a dog that could not sleep. All right. So, uh, so anyway, that's the sword story. <laughs> what are we doing next? Would you like to take a moment to regroup, Tim? <laughs> I'm fine. Let's uh, do one more here, and then we'll get caught up. Around the corner, we'll have Ryan White. He will join us at the top of the hour. Uh, also, Ball Talk from Greg Nibbler. 720, we'll have the top five. Tim, if this doesn't cheer you up, then I don't know what will. At 720, we're going to have the top five songs. So happy they make people angry. And, Tim, I'll tell you who our mystery guest is, and that will make you happy. No, I am happy. Okay, good. 
what, what are these allegations? And really I'm happy. And then we'll have an enemy of yours killed. Right here on the radio. We'll go find someone who's wronged you, and we will have them beaten and killed right here for the entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> and Tim just indicated exactly who that would be. Well, just one person. Well, it might take several of us to uh, to bring them in here, but uh, maybe a hand car of some kind. Mary Jo Ray of New Hampshire never meant to make headlines, but at 114 years old, she's the oldest living American and the second oldest person in the world. She moved to the Maplewood Nursing Home 12 years ago and shows no sign of slowing down. Scientists have studied her vitality and longevity and discovered she has a special gene protecting her from the world. Uh, she's fond of arm wrestling and cards. And she used to have a glass of wine every night, but now has soda instead. Her family says her spirit is good and she has a fine sense of humor. She's an inspiration to two sons, eight grandchildren, 13 great-grandchildren, and three great-great-great-grandchildren. And she is friends with a water-skiing squirrel. Yes. It is 503-228-4101. That's our phone number coming up at 7 o'clock. We have Ryan White, music editor from The Oregonian, at 720. Top five. Top five songs so happy they make people angry. 740, mystery guest. And uh, coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, our second Survive It and Drive It contestant, Jessica Birch. We'll see if we can make her snap. Stay right there. Live from Portland. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101. KUFO. KUFO. Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is Wednesday morning. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up at 720 today, we'll have the top five. Top five songs, So Happy They Make People Angry. Coming up at uh, 740, Mystery Guest, about which Tim is uh, unreservedly giddy. <laughs> I can't wait. This is not going to be some, uh, this isn't going to be the dreaded like speech impediment guest or Andy Dick or somebody, is it? You well, those aren't me. one and the same. How do you know? Really? I would not book somebody you, with a speech impediment. I'm just saying, would you put it past Andy Dick to have somehow developed a weird tick uh, between the you know the last time we saw him in public and now? I'm just every every week I I, I know. Yeah. Why do you ask? We we come we Greg and I get yeah. our little evil heads together and we try to think up new ways to to throw you. Well, all right. Uh, so mystery guest coming <laughs> up at 7:40, and the next hour we will talk to a uh, lovely young lady named Jessica. She is the second of four contestants for a KUFO Survive It and Drive It contest. Uh, where four people, I swear to God, are going to have to live in a truck. And, uh, not in the homeless way. In the uh, We're trying to win this by outlasting everybody else in the truck as our own waste accumulates kind of way. And off air, um, yesterday's guest, Chad, uh-huh. his name, he did tell us his strategy, remember? We oh, that's right. Video. That's right. Uh, Chad shared his strategy yesterday, which is actually not bad at all. It's not bad. I mean, it's going to take strategy, especially considering that one of these folks has been in prison. Tim Riley's working on the following headlines on your Wednesday morning. Oh, bad news from Clark County, as usual. Their jobless rate now leads all of Washington. As a matter of fact, it's higher than Portland's at 14%. In your face! And uh, some flight attendants aboard an Aer Lingus flight are in trouble for mistakenly playing the PR message telling people the plane is about to crash. Oh, my oh, wow. God. I had the worst flight of my life on Aer Lingus. That, pla- <laughs> that, that airline is scary. First of all, I'm just going to get this off the table right now. Air Lingus is funny. It makes me laugh, and then it. Uh, but then it makes nobody me feel was kind of, laughing about that flight. But it makes me feel kind of dirty at the same time when I say Air Lingus. Like I, like that would be some sexual act that that I just that I can't even really. Exp- I don't even know what it is, but it seems like it's probably unpleasant in some way. And 
You have to give yourself a good uh, scrubbing after that. Also, when you say they were playing the message about that, are we going to have the whole story on this in a bit? Yes, we are in a bit. All right, because I got tease. many, many questions about that. And there's another award-winning story. Maybe I should talk about this. It's from the Oregonian. How to wash your hands. <laughs> really? Are you kidding me? Is, is this a hand model or are these actual hands, I'm wondering? Maybe How to wash hands. one's hands. That's like 500 column inches that is taken up right there. It is. All right. Uh, to weigh in more on the Oregonian, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, Oregonian music editor and all-around great guy, Ryan White. Hello, sir. I was actually supposed to be part of the hand-washing experiment, but so I ended these up out of the hands. office that day. Those are not my hands. Those I'm, hands not sure, I'm not sure whose hands those are. I we must find out. I, I'll try and find out between now and next Wednesday. Because the hands are not credited in this uh, copy. Or is somebody's agent going to get an angry call? So it's a thorough hand-washing takes about 20 seconds. Or as long as it takes to sing the alphabet. Sorry, it was the happy birthday. Oh. They've changed the rules on this already. Sons of bitches. There is no standard anymore. It, what, who wrote that? Is it somebody we uh, we know? This photo like? is by Abby Metty. And then the author of the actual article is... Uh... Paige Parker. Oh, I don't know who Paige Parker is. Like we, we know and like Paige a lot. Oh, Paige do we? Hilarious. Oh, I'm yes. sorry. Paige, Paige is great. She's a wonderful So maybe this is a humorous story. And yes, we're taking it Is it a funny hand-washing story? It was a humorous story in the office. I don't know how it read. <laughs> Here's my only comment about hand-washing is this. It seems like in 2009, everybody should have gotten on the same page. Then, unless you got a bunch of scrubs all over your hands, uh, and you like got a, Joseph Scruz. like Joseph scrubs all over your hands, you, you want to just be using that instant hand sanitizer. It says in this uh, alcohol-based hand sanitizers also work well. It works better. Uh, those work better. In fact, at a hospital. They say that if you are, if it's an emergency and you have to go, like, be cutting a guy open or whatever, mm. if you don't have time to do both, because they tell you at the hospital to do both. They tell you to wash your hands, then sanitize. They say if you can only do one, though, if you only have time to do one, use the uh, that instant hand sanitizer because it is far more effective. And plus, then you don't have to, like, be, you know, toweling yourself off. And, the, and soap is just a big pain. You've got some, some faucet. It's got that jackass soft water in it. You can never get the soap off your hands. Here's a bowl of bacteria. This is what happens when you don't. There's a bowl of who no, wants no, no. A, we, we were we were a bowl of bacteria. A, a bunch of reporters went and like put their hands in the the little back in the petri dish thing, and then they uh, let it sit around for a while. Where did you get a bowl of bacteria? We had scientists come in. We we have scientists on like retainer or something. I'm not sure where they came from. We I would assume OHSU. Scientists. All right, you can just but, scrape off Tim's so mouse a, over there. It is a serious story. Yeah. You can take yeah. my mouse with you. There's plenty of bacteria there. Well, not anymore. On that note, it's uh, 503-228-4101. Uh, coming up at 720, we'll have uh, the top five. Top five songs, so happy they make you angry. Uh, what is coming up in the uh, Oregonian from you, Ryan White? We've got, I'm not exactly sure the run date, but I think it'll be in the next couple of days. We uh, finally caught up with the new 19-year-old drummer from the Smashing Pumpkins, who is from Beaverton. I talked to his mom yesterday. She had arrived in Chicago where they're recording and was in his hotel room, which was full of Top Ramen and... Mac and cheese. Like actual and, top and hot, ramen? And, and Hot Pockets. It was an extended stay hotel. And I said, you know, she'd been preparing to, to move him to Boston for the, uh, to, he was going to attend the, uh, the Berkeley College of Music. And I right. said, so you, instead you just moved him into a rock band? She's like, pretty much. So how did he come? He's 19. He's drumming from the Smashing Pumpkins. How did that come together? Like, how did the, how does he go from being that guy to that guy? He woke up one morning. He was working at McDonald's in Beaverton. He was taking a year off. He, he deferred enrollment at, uh, at Berkeley to, uh, to take some classes at PCC and uh, save some money. And he saw on Pitchfork that, uh, that Jimmy Chamberlain had left Smashing Pumpkins and that Billy Corrigan was asking for uh, for video video kind of submissions for anybody who wanted to be the drummer. So he figured he'd kick himself if he didn't do it, but didn't think anything would come of it. Sent in a video, and about a week and a half later, he got a call from somebody who said, can you fly down to Burbank in two days? Wow. And he was one of 12 finalists, and then he came back up after that and thought that, you know, if nothing else, it was a really great experience. And 
was a day or two days later, uh, the same management people from the Pumpkins called and said, yeah, Billy would like to speak with your parents. Wow. wow. Billy would That's like so to speak cool. with your parents. That's, <laughs> so Billy Corrigan called and basically asked permission for this kid to be uh, to be his drummer. That is, I can't even imagine that. I mean, I can't, I just, I can't fathom it. I There's nothing in my life that compares to to what that that moment must be like. I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, imagine, and I just can't. That's like we you know we've talked to Jennifer Batten, uh, who was the you know she was the guitarist for Michael Jackson for years, and she talked about going to audition for Michael Jackson, and you know, and then she gets the call like, hey, how'd you like to uh, how'd you like to be Michael Jackson's lead guitarist? And I mean, I can't. There is nothing that has ever happened to me. I don't think that matches something. That must be the very definition of just surreal. He was he was talking about the you know they they rehearsed for a while and then they went and they were kind of laying down demos and stuff at their producer's house which is on Ventura Boulevard Boulevard right up off of you know off of Hollywood and he had this big back backyard area so they played a gig there and you know it was a typical Hollywood you know Billy Corgan gets right. together to play a gig and he goes and, and he tells me he goes I'm standing on this back wall just kind of leaning there standing next to Billy not quite sure what to do afterwards. And I look across the place, and I was like, is that Jessica Simpson? And all of a sudden, she was there talking to me. Oh, and then wow. Zach Braff came up and had a 15-minute conversation with me. He goes, and then Perry Farrell comes up, and he's exactly like what you would expect. Everything that comes out of his mouth is mystical. <laughs> is I mean, do you think, is it? Uh, have you been able to spot from your vantage point, I mean, and you're talking to people around him, has... I'm not, I'm not saying this, you know, he's become a bad guy or whatever, but I mean, has he, have you spotted any sort of shift in that kid's personality, you know, just attitudinally or just the vibe? I mean, I, I didn't know him before, but he was so just kind of odd and excited about the entire thing when I talked to him. And his mom said that, uh, when I was talking to her yesterday, he, he was a little late getting to Chicago because he got the flu. And when he, when he was finally headed to the airport, he realized that he had a first class ticket. And, and she said to him, she said, well, maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe it's because he had to rebook late and that was all they had and he got to chicago and he asked and he called her he said no i only fly first class now wow and he okay. was really excited because they had given him milk and cookies <laughs> on the plane <laughs> that's adorable ah uh, excellent all right it's 503-228-4101 ladies and gentlemen without further ado it's greg nibbler's ball talk all right, ball talk. We've got a couple different things we're going to talk about here. Uh, the Blue Jays visited the Yankees last night, and the uh, game ended in a gigantic bench-clearing brawl, awesome. which was absolutely awesome. It started with a couple of Toronto's players getting hit by pitches. Then the Yankees retaliated a little bit, threw behind Posada, and it ended up with Posada crossing home plate. And for some reason, the uh, Blue Jays pitcher was over by home plate, and uh, Posada gave him an elbow, which just erupted both teams. Uh, clearing it out, it looks like... The uh, Yankees manager, Girardi, appeared to get hit in the face. There's a shot of Carlson with a, just a giant red shanker on the side of his face. And an ump was apparently hit in the knee with a bottle thrown from the stands. All this taking place in New York. It was absolutely awesome. You can check out video of that. And uh, right now we actually have a special correspondent for Ball Talk, Mr. Ryan White here with uh, some puck talk. NHL exhibition season's opened. I'm very excited about this. Me and, like, the 12 guys I play hockey with in Sherwood are the only people in Portland that are excited about this. But my Red Wings opened tonight. There were seven games last night. I believe there were a couple of games the night before. And about three weeks from the start of the regular season. 
And this isn't exclusive because he probably is the only person in this city that knows anything about hockey. I just as, as out of my depth as I normally am in any sort of sports discussion with hockey, you just leave me behind completely. I just I have I have so so little knowledge about that it, it can't even be charted. All the Canadian socialists that were surrounding Obama the other day is the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, so that's your puck talk from Ryan White. And uh, the Redskins, the Washington Redskins, have had the same name since 1932. Uh, largely considered one of the most offensive names in professional sports, and it may finally be going away. There's a group of Native Americans that have appealed to the Supreme Court to finally make a hearing and make a declaration on whether they can keep that name. Now, they've gone back and forth in lower courts for a long time, some ruling for, some against, but ultimately, the Redskins usually end up winning, obviously, because they haven't had to change it, and this uh, may be changing. But, I, but when so you what, say they're going to the Supreme Court... like the Grayskins? That was my idea. So the alien gray skins, and the the, uh, the logo could just be them probing Art Bell. Just the gray skulls. <laughs> when you uh, the, the gray, gray skulls, skulls, that would be cool. awesome. I the, like that idea. The too. Eternians. We, but I don't understand when you go to the Supreme Court. Like usually, that's because you've broken a law of some kind. Like what what law would would this even be under? What are they? You know, it, there's a there's a couple of different laws. The one that they're trying to go for is called the uh, I believe it's the Lanham Law. I may be mispronouncing that. Lawman Law. And uh, what that is is it's saying that you cannot uh, have anything that's derogatory. It bars any trademarks that disparage persons living or dead or is derogatory. And that's what they're trying to go for because what they've tried to do before is try to get them on a trademark infringement and try to get them on different things, uh, try to get them on racist issues. On trademark infringement? Trademark infringement, uh, racist issues. Yeah, it's really convoluted how they've tried to go about it before. Why they haven't just gone for the straight-up racist one uh, earlier, I don't know. Let me just ask you this. Uh, Two crude questions. One, if they're suing, if... If, so if they're suing because of, they're using the word redskins and they're suing for trademark infringement, are then Indian groups saying that they, in fact, own the word redskin? Well, I, that's a little bit of a dicey proposition. Is, well, and the thing is, it's really convoluted because there's so many different sizes because there are large groups of Native Americans that don't find it offensive at all. And are actually Not all of them have red skin, it. I would imagine. <laughs> that is probably That is a fact scientific true. fact, Tim. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then there are large groups that are four. So it's just been a giant mess so far and no real organized effort officially enough to actually get this thing changed. So this is like the first step where they're just they're skipping all the lower courts, making a direct appeal to the Supreme Court to hear this. All right. Well, we'll have uh, more on this here in uh, just a bit. We'll have another uh, brief installment of Ball Talk coming up next hour, as well as Jessica, who's our second contestant for Survive It and Drive It. Uh, Tim Riley on the way with more news. 740, we'll have mystery guest straight ahead at 720. We will have today's top five. Top five songs so happy they make people angry. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Well, it must be time for my nitroglycerin. My bunions hurt. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's a beautiful Wednesday morning in Portland, Oregon. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. I don't really know that it's beautiful, by the way. I'm supposed to be talking about the weather, so everybody thinks he's just like me. I got a big black curtain. I don't no, know it's supposed like. to be miserable today. Could oh, be... man, and I rode my bike, too. It's really nice right now, though. Yeah, it could be raining toads for all Nice sunrise over Mount Hood. I got nothing. See, you could, you're the relatable one here. You're the relatable one who looks like Will Wheaton. Except kind of for the whole hockey thing. Like a Will Wheaton meets <laughs> Jason Lee kind of a thing. That's really what it is. I just... It, the hockey thing. Isaac Brock from Modest Mouse told me that was really cool. I don't know how we ended up talking about hockey the other day, but uh, 
Ryan White from the uh, Oregonian is here. We are uh, uh, talking, uh, well, we've been talking sport. We will be talking music here in a moment as we do the top five. We got the top five songs, So Happy They Make People Angry. We'll get to that in just a moment. Coming up, uh, 740, mystery guest whose identity will be revealed to you all right now while I leave the room. So I'm leaving the room so you all can learn uh, okay. who's mystery guest, uh, the mystery guest is for today. Walking out now toward the door. Hi, Goodbye. Man. And he's gone. Okay, so Greg, you. Yeah, so Greg and I have fully convinced that it's a famous person. It's not. We actually got it from the radio trade guide. And this guy's name is Dr. Applebaum. He's a controversial physician, lawyer, and fitness authority who believes that fat people should be taxed because that would be a sensible solution to reform health care. And he's also extremely against Oprah. He's got a website called jailforoprah.com. Go there, take a look. He Dude, is nuts. He's trying to get her arrested because he thinks that she falsely advertises like diet products and stuff when she's, quote, you know, a fat, yeah. <laughs> big fat She mass. may be a Kenyan yeah. citizen for all we know. Okay, fantastic. Awesome. Excellent. Hi, Rick. So uh, what do you think about that mystery guest, Ryan White? Uh, isn't he going to be something? I think I'm going to stay in my car a little extra longer to listen to this. Do you feel that... Uh, <laughs> he's trying to get you to say... I know what he's doing. He's, he's not that smooth. Right, here's your uh, <laughs> top five for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Show. Four, three, two, one, fire. Counting is wonderful. Counting is marvelous. Counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness, counting is ecstasy, I love to count, don't you? Ladies and gentlemen, here is Tim Riley with today's Top 5. And sometimes music has an unintended effect. There is no clearer example than this list. These are the Top 5 songs so happy, they make people angry. These are the uh, Top 5 songs whose sheer happiness, whose sheer pep, uh, can induce a murderous rage in even the most balanced of individuals. Honorable mention goes to Cool and the Gang with Celebrate. I hate this song. I hate this song so I much. I hate this song so, so much. I hate much. this song with everything in me. I hate you for playing this song. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm not going to suffer alone. I always think of skating rinks when I hear this. And a guy going, this is a backward snowball skate. I was just thinking backward skate, too. This isn't frontward skate. This is backward skate. Totally. Because it's, you know, because it's, it's, it's out there. Well, you God. hit the post. That's what I do, too. It's because I, I don't even know where the post is in this song. Like, I couldn't have any seconds, but I can hit it. Again. It's like a race in here every every day Let, to see who dances first. Today oh. it's Sarah. Ryan, I'm going to get you. I see the other songs that are coming up. I wonder how much Cool and the Gang themselves hate this song. I bet it's a lot. It's like now when they is, pay the rent. That's, I guess that's true. <laughs> this song is nothing but posts. I can't I can't I can't avoid hitting the post here. It's like every 15 seconds. Oh, this is enough. This is enough. Didn't we interview Cool from yes, Cool and the Gang? Why? Why did we do that? I think Scotty set that up. Uh, yeah, I think they were like playing like. I don't remember anything from that interview. This no. is one of those arena staples too that you hear all the oh, time God. when you're at slack sports. moments when white people need to need to you know shake their asses yeah. to something. Yeah. The Estacada Lions Club presents. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. Number five, the fifth dimension, up, up, and away. <laughs> Fantastic. These are the top five songs. So happy they make people angry. Here's the fifth dimension and up. Damn it. Oh, I stepped on that. I thought I had one more bar. I thought you had more time, too. I don't think that's the original version. This is an edit. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think you're, you're correct. You had more time. Did this ever become a Tom Jones song? It should. Yeah. I can see that like bad sub-Peter Max animation sort of happening. 
I used to have to play this song all the time, and I just wanted to kill myself every time it came on. For no good reason, this makes me think of Bosom Buddies. But I can just see Peter Scolari and Tom Hanks walking and down the street And at the end, like, song. jumping yeah. in the air, then it freezes. Yeah. Yeah. A Gary Marshall production. Girls in yellow miniskirts. These are the same guys that did Aquarius, right? Let the yes. sun shine. From the same album. See, this doesn't seem like it's from the same sort of vibe, though, because that song's all a bunch of unwashed hippies. And then this is just sort of... Oh, this sounds exactly the same to me. Yeah, this is like 69. See, to me, this sort <laughs> This of might have been what drove the Hells Angels to... <laughs> <laughs> Snuffy's got to do him some killing here at Altamont. This is from 69. This might have cinched it. Snuffy can't take more of the fifth dimension. Right, these are the top five songs. So happy that they, in fact, make people angry. Tim Riley. Number four, Sammy Davis Jr. Hey, Candyman. It's uh, Sammy Davis Jr.'s uh, longtime staple. Open. The Candyman. Candyman. Oh, no. Hey, Candyman. a little dated. <laughs> All right, everybody. You know it's bad because it starts with a children's chorus. Now, what kind of candy do you want? Sweet chocolate? Chocolate malt? Candy? Gumdrops? Anything you want. I'm going to go home and listen to a Rat Pack CD to wash this thing away. Seriously, has has anybody ever had a lower quality control setting than Sammy Davis Jr.? This reminds me of a serial killer movie or something. This? Like it would be sort of like Daybreak in Serial Mom or something? Yeah, I could picture like Dexter slaughtering someone for this. Did you ever hear that? Man, these are uh, some uh, radio folks we we love, uh, the Don and Mike show when they were on. They used to do this bit where they would play a a horrible cringe-inducing movie sound bite into a really happy song and the funniest thing one of those moments you know we hear from people sometimes who say they have to pull over to the side of the road because something tim will say something that is you know so hilarious they have to stop don and mike did this thing where they were playing the scene from misery where annie wilkes smashes james Kahn's ankle with a sledgehammer right into the candy man and so there was this annie don't know my ankle did not smash and then he would scream and then they would go right into the candy man hook i thought i was going to lose control of my bladder and wreck the car all at once it was awesome yeah, I can sort of see that. Like, maybe there's, like, Dexter sort of putting somebody through a through a wood chipper or something to this. Totally. Yeah. Excellent. This <laughs> song sucks. These are the uh, top five songs. So angry. Uh, I'm sorry. So happy they, in fact, fill you with anger. Tim Riley. Number three, Bobby McFerrin. Don't worry. Be happy. I don't even have anything to say about this song anymore. I just, it's... Ryan. For some reason, this is inexplicably like a photo montage of Bob Marley. <laughs> Someone put this together. I, you, I very nearly put No Woman, No Cry uh, on here. I mean, I really... Yeah, but you can't do that. Boy. When I worked at another radio station, having to play reggae was like the worst thing ever. I'm sorry, I know that people like reggae, but... The thing about this song, too, is that, you know, I'll, you'll open the Sunday Times and see that, like, Bobby McFerrin is playing the Lincoln Center. And, the and then is, you go, and he did that. And, well, you know, this is the thing where, like, he, you know you know what it is? This is like his Werewolves of London, where he's just an amazingly talented guy who writes these beautiful, you know, Bobby McFerrin I've been talking about now. He does these amazing, beautiful performances, and he's just got a stunning vocal ability and a great sense for melody. But, like, this is what they'll talk about when he dies. It's like Warren Zevon. Warren Zevon has written some of the most beautiful pieces of music of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then he dies, and they go, you know, you know, Werewolves of London author Warren Zevon is dead. And then they cut to him, like, singing that song at the piano. Ugh. Don't worry, be happy. Okay, we have to end this now. I can't take it anymore. Uh, these are the top fives, and I'm with you on the reggae thing, by the way. I'm sorry to bust everybody's, like, fatted calf, but if I could go back and just smother Bob Marley in the crib, you'd consider that done. 
I created a time machine, uh, him and Steely Dan. I'm so glad that you don't like reggae either, because I know so many people whose music, I, 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 no. music taste I admire, I cannot take it. Seriously. If I cannot I could... take it. And they, and they love reggae, and they try to get me to listen to it. That's because they're idiots, Sarah. And, it's, and then, see, but then I say that as a sort of a flip comment, but it's not even really true because I know people who have what I consider really good music taste. That's it. Like Lisa Wood is the biggest reggae fan ever. There's just uh, I, maybe I'm just uh, maybe I'm just uh, there's something wrong with it. You know what? I think it's just my, for that you're, you're going to be named as the new host of the reggae show. I think it's my people anti weekends. <laughs> it's your anti what? It's my anti hippie thing. I think that's what it is. Yeah. It's like when I hear reggae, I just it's like I can just smell the dirt and the joblessness. Reggae. I can I can smell that reggae all over you, woman. Uh, these are the uh, top five songs. So happy they make people angry. Number two, Katrina and the Waves, Walking on Sunshine. Oh, and feeling my. good. No, because I'm with you. And, and uh, you know, I'll hear people that I, I'm still back on the reggae thing. Come on, Ryan. Like, you look at their CD collection, and they've got all the great stuff, and then they've got Bob Marley Legend right there in the middle. <laughs> I just want to set myself on fire. This is actually one of those ones that makes you want to do the dance like Springsteen does at the end of Dancing in the Dark, where the arms go side to side, yeah, it and is it's just like his worst moment. It'd <laughs> be good in a montage in a Leslie Nielsen movie. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but it would be him injuring himself yeah. over and over again, cutting off one of his hands by mistake. Running down the beach, and then he trips over the beach ball, falls into the water, and gets like his arm chewed off by a shark. <laughs> and then... And then it would, it would cut back to the shark throwing him back and forth in the air in slow motion with blood spraying everywhere. Awesome. And then in the next scene, he's got his arm back. Barry, turn it off! Uh, these are the top five songs. So happy they, in fact, fill you with a bleak, murderous rage. Tim Riley, what is number one? It is R.E.M. with shiny, happy people. Kill me, kill me, kill me. But what's the saving grace of this song, Rick Emerson? Uh, it is Kate Pearson's uh, bosoms that are on display prominently. That's what you were thinking of, right? Or is that you were thinking I was thinking of? No, that's what I knew that you were thinking Yes. <laughs> I actually watched this video last week. Why? Uh, it was a particularly depressing day in the newsroom, and I was looking for something funny to put on Twitter. Um... <laughs> And so I watched this. So I watched this video. Peter Buck looks so unamused in this video yeah. by everything that's going on around him. He's got his mandolin and he's just sitting there like he's you the know. most joyless member of that band in some ways, or the most. You know, he's the guy that I think has the most traditional rock star vibe. So yes. he must have just been sitting there like this. Just this go. This is the lamest thing I've ever been it, part of. It was the musical equivalent of just stomping his dog. <laughs> I don't even think the band uh, likes this song, and I think they're open about that yeah. that fact right now. Yeah, Michael Stipe just looks, not to say that he was on drugs, but he just looks out of his mind. I don't know why. Just to they... get into that suit with that hat, he must have. Why did they ever think this was a good idea? I mean, it seems ill-advised. Now seemed like it was probably ill-advised then. The only thing that, that, that his costume in this video is missing was a propeller on the hat. <laughs> Wearing a helmet. Yeah. Excellent. Ryan White from the Oregonian. Read him in print in the Oregonian and online at OregonLive.com. Coming up uh, next, it is Mystery Guest. 8 o'clock, more news from Tim Riley. We'll have a supplemental ball talk with Greg Nibbler. And uh, next hour, Jessica Bursch, who is our second uh, contestant for Survive It and Drive You State. The Rick Emerson Show continues live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. There's no time to cry. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Booty, booty, booty. Gah. Only on Rock 101. KUFO.
This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. We are moments away from mystery guest. Tim Riley's tracking these headlines on your Wednesday morning. Too much love. A Springfield bus driver is fired after driving his tongue into a passenger's mouth. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And a hybrid car is about to be manufactured here. And the circus has come to town. The elephants will be here also. All right. Am I uh, opening this now? Open up it up. All right. Mystery guest about to begin. As you know, I must do a plausible three-minute interview with a guest whose identity is unknown to me uh, up until the very moment uh, that I open this piece of paper. And we also have the bell. All right. So every minute that goes by. That'll uh, knock off the minute so increments. I'm going to take mine out of T-Mix. So All right. Hear it. Okay. Am I opening this? Look at it. Dr. Michael Applebaum. Who? What does he do? Damn you. All right. So, uh, and so anyway, then... Um, then I said to the guy, uh, this is where I try to end the bad uh, joke. So then I said to the guy, nobody put Swayze in the corner. <laughs> uh, all right. It's uh, Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Thank you for uh, joining us. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, Dr. Michael Applebaum. Uh, good morning, Dr. Michael Applebaum. How are you on this fine Wednesday? Doing well, Rick. Yourself? I am doing fantastic. I want to ask you something, and I try to start these interviews occasionally on a uh, you know, one might call it a, a, a on a philosophical foot. What is the uh, the quote or phrase that you would say you live your life by? Getting up every morning and trying to do the best that I can to make the planet better. And if you were to tell somebody, look, these are the uh, these are the the three things that you could do to make the planet a better place. I mean, what immediately leaps to mind? Personal responsibility, assisting others in achieving that. And getting rid of the things that cause harm to others. And how do you uh, how do you put that? Uh, yeah, how do you best put that into practice in your daily life, sir? I've decided to take on the fitness matter, which is related in some way to people's well-being. And so, uh, you know, what was the moment of uh, the moment of inspiration for you? The so-called eureka moment, where it sure that epiphany occurred yes. after I had open heart surgery because of bad valves that they couldn't fix, and I put myself on my own rehab program, and people started coming up to me and asking me. What are you doing to make the difference, Mike? And that was when I had enough conversations with people to realize that the information that they were being provided by conventional sick care, big media, the government was actually causing them more harm than good when it came to their fitness well-being. What are the uh, what are the misconceptions that people have? In other words, what are the most commonly believed uh, myths, in, in your opinion, uh, that people really need to uh, to disabuse themselves of? Disabuse is a wonderful word. That's what I do, sir. Uh, but, uh, what, you know, what, in other words, the, the number one, the number one thing that people need to disabuse themselves of is that the information that they're being provided regarding weight loss, which is caloric intake control primarily, which is related to people's well-being and health, is absolutely 100% mistaken, and that is why it has the a magnificent astronomical failure rate that it does. And so then when people come up to you and they say, well, I've been following, you know, what I've always been told, what the medical establishment has led me to believe, and it doesn't seem to be working, what is your uh, response to them? How do you then, uh, how do you, because people often when they leave one form of behavior. Right, the response is it's absolutely obvious why it doesn't work, and that is because if you look at the recommendations from conventional sick care and the other powers that be, you'll see that they recommend that people consume about the same number of calories as the Nazis fed people in Dachau in order to lose weight. And nobody is going to be able to sustain a caloric intake reduction of that magnitude and succeed. So we actually starve people into dieting failure. 
And so when people leave one section of their life or they have one behavior, usually human nature is such that you need to replace it with another behavior. How do you help people replace the bad behavior with something that is more uh, more effective? Well, first off, nothing succeeds like success. So once I have the conversation with individuals and businesses regarding how to properly lose weight, which makes tremendous changes in their lives, they find that they can actually build on that success instead of building on the frustration of failure. And do you find that uh, the success rate obviously sounds like it's much higher? In my experience, near yes. universal. Uh, well, in your experience, obviously, you found that uh, obviously people are turning to Oprah, for example, uh, as a way to uh, you know as a way to find out what is best for their life. You find that when you help them, uh, you know, find a different path for this, that it has a much greater success rate. In my humble opinion, Oprah's entry into the fitness game is an Orwellian nightmare. You've put the pig in charge of weight loss. There's something wrong with that. Clearly, that's, that's clearly the, the recommendations of her experts are wrong. And clearly, in my humble opinion, it's a confidence game. Have you heard anything? So it says here your website is uh, jailforoprah.com. Have you, have you heard anything uh, from Oprah's people about that, about them being opposed to the ideal of jailing her? I would imagine they no. would be. No. Are you anticipating any sort of a response from Oprah's people uh, about this in the future? You haven't heard. Uh, you would think her lawyers would be all over this. Um, I'm not sure why that would be. I put the case out there at jailforoprah.com. I substantiate everything that I say. It appears as if it's truthful to me. I don't think it's an issue. Do you have a particular jail in mind? Uh, not particularly, no. They just need one with probably a relatively large cell. <laughs> Well done, sir. Awesome. All right, we're going to have you back at some point in the uh, future, no doubt about that. All right, my friend, uh, the uh, website is jailforoprah.com or drapplebaum.com. That is D-R-A-P-P-L-E-B-A-U-M.com. Dr. Michael Applebaum, uh, author of many books, including Why Diets Fail. Thank you for spending some time with us today, sir. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, my friend. There you go. That's... Uh that's uh, Dr. Michael Applebaum. And by the way, in, in case anybody thinks I was cheating, the way we do this is at the end. At three minutes, I give him the sheet. At the three-minute mark, Sarah gives me the sheet showing what their book, website, movie is, whatever, because obviously the deal is when somebody comes on a show to do an interview, we talk to them, but in exchange, they want us to plug whatever their new project is. So, if, uh, you know, we talk to Sean Cassidy. He wants us to plug that Ruby and the Rocket show or whatever. We talked to Michael Applebaum. He wants us to plug his website and his, his book. So if, it's, for Oprah. if it sounded like I suddenly had a lot more information at the end that I shouldn't have had, it's because when three minutes are up, Sarah gives me whatever it is they're plugging. How did we right. do? Uh, it, it was good. It was good. I, uh, I was kind of uh, I was a little unclear what he was talking about from most of it, but I got the sense that it was something about not dying, you know, from, you know, something or living longer than you normally would on something or Eating something or not eating something, it, I sensed that it was about uh, it, was, it was about fitness. Once I had the fitness uh, thing, uh, you know, then it's just sort of uh, you know. Okay. So tell me about how you arrived at that. This is why Greg and I booked him because he's in, uh, of course, uh, radio television interview report. Of course, the Bible and his of the topic industry. is. Why a tax on fat people is a sensible way to reform health care. Oh, see, okay, so that's why he was saying that we starve people into, okay. <laughs> fat people should be discouraged from having children and pay more if they do. There should be a registry for fat parents. The obese should pay higher health care premiums. Fatness is a form of bad citizenship. Well, he should be on the new Leno show. <laughs> I was just going to say, maybe there's a morning show for him somewhere in the future. All right, 503-228-4101 is our telephone number. Straight ahead, we have uh, news from Tim Riley. We'll do supplemental ball talk with uh, Greg Nibbler. And we have to do, like, some of the best stuff that happened to this guy was off air. Really? Yeah. Awesome. So we'll do a, a bit of a recap on uh, what uh, Dr. Michael Applebaum was uh, was like when he was speaking to, uh, to Greg. He didn't ask you to do porn, did he? 
No, not this time. All right. Uh, also, Jessica Kirsch, who is our second contestant for KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest. Yeah, that's coming up next hour. You stay there. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland! It's Greg Nibbler's What Will Kill You Today. <laughs> You're just noting that uh, Greg Nibbler is the voice of many, if not most, of the public service announcements on this station. So I just associate your voice with, like, scabies and unemployment. No offense. Uh, it's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 <laughs> KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. Thank you for joining us. Uh, you can also text if you like. It's 520-51. Or you can email rick at rickemerson.com. Dot com. Uh, coming up later on this hour, around 820, we'll talk to uh, Jessica Kirsch. She is the second of the four contestants uh, that we're going to be speaking with. Uh, we'll be taking part in Survive It and Drive It. So she's a chick, so she's probably not the one that's been in jail. Well, hopefully she's you know as this confident like a, as Chad was yesterday. Maybe. Chad seemed... He seemed pretty uh, determined. He seemed determined, but I mean... It, and uh, women can be in jail, too. Come on, you and I know people who have been in jail. That's true, like yeah. a hot chick prison, maybe. People can be deceiving. I mean, who knows? Maybe uh, she's got a sordid past of some kind. She could be carrying a shank not right now as we speak. No, of course not. I and mean, I would, but it doesn't matter. I'm not going to be in a truck with her. Uh, it's 503-228-4101. So we just uh, had the mystery guest segment with Dr. Michael Applebaum. Is that his name? This email just says, hey, he was a colossal dick, uh, says uh, one of our listeners. <laughs> Uh, he probably believes that, uh, that, uh, let's see, probably believes Obama was born in Kenya. Uh, so, so what, what was it, what is his deal off the air? What was it like talking to him? Well, here's, here's what happened. Uh, this was kind of a first in our mystery guest, uh, excursions here. So I called him just a few minutes, uh, before we were going to bring him on air, just to make sure he was all in line and everything. And, uh, he's like, so yeah, you know, how are you doing, Greg? I'm like, yeah, I'm doing fine. He's like, yeah, it must be all that happy music you're listening to, huh? Oh, I see. He was listening he online. He was listening online, so he was hearing our happy songs, which in- instantly made me nervous, so I just kind of brushed it over. I was like, okay, we'll call you in five minutes, and-, and basically hung up on him. I call him back in a little bit, and he's like, yeah, boy, I'm excited to go on. I'm really excited to find out who the mystery guest is. <laughs> <laughs> and-, so just- and he's doing that insanely, like, almost overly happy to try to hide like under the, underlying the rage. rage so was he yeah. he was irritated that we were effing with him oh yeah uh, yeah so well, he knew very he knew very right, well that this was gonna be a jail rick emerson People should be happy they're on the air well and unfortunately he's got my phone number too my real phone number <laughs> i'm sorry yeah because when i booked it awesome. I, I sensed that this guy might be kind of crazy so i gave the backup number as greg's number. that's yeah. great well done and he's probably listening right now hi dr apple hi dr apple kill greg nibbler.com is now up <laughs> yeah. you know what as i never feel bad about this because that is a ton of publicity like, you know. That's right. It would, Tim, you would agree? Would Let's you see not? how many uh, hitsjailforoprah.com gets today. And usually Greg is busy doing PSAs of some incurable disease. <laughs> <laughs> so taking valuable time away from that. Well, look, any promotion is good promotion. Indeed. I mean, how many people in the radio TV interview report sit there and stare at a phone that will never ring? I mean, waiting for interview requests that will never come. And you're putting yourself yeah. out there when you make a, a photoshopped Oprah with a, a ball and chain attached to her ankle wearing black and white stripes. Really? And, and, you, and you claim that fat people are, are uh, unpatriotic. Awesome. All right, well, there you go. Jail for Oprah. It's 503-228-4101. Let's uh, uh, pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone, from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. 808. Get ready for rain next couple days or so. High temperatures in the 70s. Don't forget that umbrella. A Springfield bus driver has been fired for loving his passengers a little bit too much. He's charged with harassment. Accused of aggressively hugging and kissing 
An 82-year-old woman, uh. 57-year-old Marvell Wayne Hansen, pled not guilty to counts of misdemeanor personal harassment. Uh, apparently, he's accused of smooching an 82-year-old passenger. He said uh, he was telling her things like, you're sure cute. <sighs> then he kissed her and stuck his tongue into her mouth. Ah! Marvell Wayne, you quit tonguing that old lady! He said he had fantasies of other relations with some of his other riders. I mean, not that the old don't deserve love, too, but Ride not forcible love. Ride Source is a transit bus service for disabled people. Uh, why do you tell us these things? I'm just the messenger here. I know, that's true. I mean, again, the, you know, the disabled uh, have their needs as well, but I mean, you know, yes, but, uh, you know, but not, you know, not, not the sort of overpowering kind. That's, uh, that's, that's the wrong kind of love Isn't to that give. that phrase just like jamming his tongue in her mouth? Seriously, that, anytime you're having to jam something into something else, you're either doing it wrong or the other person doesn't want it. Or maybe his tongue was too big. <laughs> okay. The Lloyd Center is for sale, $192 million, and it's yours. They already find a new owner. You own some other malls. Can I buy the Lloyd Center Mall with my Oregon Trail card? You could. As a matter of fact, the Coin Center is for sale, too. Really? They missed their mortgage payment. It's because too many tenants are moving out. They've lost our lease. I hope we didn't contribute to that in any way. So uh, 50 Cent said he would have punched Kanye West in the nose if he interrupted him at uh, one of those uh, performances. <laughs> all this stuff. That's what Kanye said. I'm assuming all this stuff. What? That's like Kanye West. Just a minute here. Let me find the correct cut. Let's see, 50 Cent. That's who it's supposed to be. Well, I'm sorry. Something happened here. Uh, Jimmy. <laughs> what was supposed to happen just now? I mean, like, in theory. It was supposed to be a, a Kanye West. Was it supposed to be Kanye or was it supposed to be 50, uh, 50, uh, 50 Cent? Cent? Oh, here we go. Here he is. I had the wrong uh, thing on here. I wish he would come take one of my awards so I could black his eye <laughs> in front of everybody. Yeah, you might not have put up with it the way that she did. He pick and choose who you feel safe doing that with, though. Be honest. Like, he exactly. shouldn't worry about me. Pink was going to get to him. That is actually kind of a good point. The, the idea that, that Kanye West is up there grabbing the mic from a, a 19-year-old girl who weighs about 40 pounds. Mm-hmm. It's like when the... I forget who it was. They were talking about that when when, when Ashton Kutcher, when Punked was, was really big, when that was, show was kind of at its apex. And they were... Uh, somebody was making the observation, I forget who, that they, 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 they very carefully picked and chose the targets of Punked, you know, because it wasn't like they were going to DMX's house or something and deciding mm-hmm. to punk that guy. I mean, so... Uh, it and plus, Fifty Cent clearly has. I mean, Kanye may, uh, you know, he may punch Kanye in the face, but uh, Kanye has sort of been punching Fifty Cent in the sales and success uh, for quite some time. So I think he's uh, waiting for an opportunity for a little payback. Here's Tim Riley. Well, this is surprising. OJ's ex-girlfriend Christine Prodi claims OJ once threatened to kill her Nicole style. I was scared. To Nicole leave. style. Did you honestly believe that if you left, he would kill you? Yeah, I did. Prody did leave Simpson once. She says that decision nearly cost her her life. He, he called and said that he would come there and shoot me and shoot himself. And did you believe him? Yes, I did. Did he own a gun at the time? Yes, he did. You don't want to end up like Nicole, is what he would say. Well, that is sage advice, I suppose. I mean, really, I mean, I think he does probably speak the truth there. You don't want to end up like Nicole. This is true. Kill you Nicole style. Right, uh, Whitney right. Houston tells Oprah, who belongs in prison, to some people, <laughs> tells Oprah she stayed in her pajamas the same pair for six months in a row. Uh, I went deep down into another place of other people's situations, and I was like, this is for everybody. I saw myself go through the metamorphosis of it when I was in California, and I was getting myself back to me. I, 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 got, I literally stayed in my pajamas for like six, seven months. 
just take my pajamas and just to see my daughter go to school. Sounds like she ate her Okay, I'll see you when you get home. And I eat something, go back to bed, wake up, wait for her to get home, make sure she was okay. Uh, I, first of all, I don't even know where to start. Imagine the funk that must have been coming out of oh. Whitney Houston's bedroom. Just think if she would have waited a couple of years, she could have won a car, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the, I mean, just the stench that must have been coming out of of, of that woman and her and her pajamas and her house. Do you remember house. The, the bathroom pictures? I do. The crack yes. pipes and the garbage. And- do you remember that story we crack had about... Pipes and garbage. Crack pipes. It was her <laughs> the bathroom. The Houston story. Her bathroom was... We don't actually use the Whitney watch sounder anymore because it wouldn't make any sense uh, at this point. Oh, the, yeah. the story is so far behind. You should tell the story just so we could play the Whitney watch. Greg, have you ever heard the uh, the open to our Whitney watch? We don't use the Whitney Watch uh, sounder anymore because it wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't well, make any sense. We thought she would be dead by now. Well, <laughs> yes. A, we did, we didn't think she was going to be around, and B, it references something that happened that was in the in the news like a year ago. Uh, so there was this Inquirer article that came out where it was like Whitney Houston's uh, bathroom, and it was just 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 vials and empty vials upon empty vials, and just cigarette butts and just crack pipes everywhere, and. It, it was just all of this filth and just just scrubs everywhere. And then there was a story that came out the same week from a the, some woman who ran like a porn store, and th- they said Whitney Houston or her people. I think it may have actually just been Whitney though. Would show up every now and again and quote buy a whole big bag of vibrators. And then this would happen about every three months. So the theory was that she would just go home and use the vibrators one after the other until they fell apart. And then she would have to go back and she would have to buy a new bag of vibrators. So the idea of Whitney Houston sitting there naked, smoking crack, and using a bag of vibrators is just the worst thing that we had ever heard in our lives. So? And so we created this as our Whitney Watch theme. Awesome, actually. I haven't heard that, that for that is incredible. That's my finest work right there. Uh, well done, Rick Emerson. No, thank you. That's uh, so there you go. That's our ad hoc Whitney watch there. Unless we have more Whitney news, does she still have that kid? Does she still live, Bobby Christina? Does, I that, don't does know. she have Because how can you just get on television and admit that you stayed in your pajamas for six months smoking crack and they don't come and take your kid away? Good God Almighty, <laughs> this is not a world of men. All right, does my microphone suddenly sound a little fuzzy to everybody? No. 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 Is it? Maybe my brain's falling apart. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, Virginia uh, Congressman Bob O'Donnell gets a little bit too excited when uh, making campaign promises during a radio interview and uh, being overly descriptive in one of his programs by accidentally using the F-bomb. No tax will be raised during your four-year term. I'm going to find other ways to be able to fund transportation. I've outlined 12 funding mechanisms that are creative. What? Why would you say that? I don't know. He's being descriptive in his program. It doesn't even sound like he's lost control or he's angry, though. It's like that's actually part of the text. No tax will be raised during your four-year term. I'm going to find other ways to be able to fund transportation. I've outlined 12 funding mechanisms that are creative. Are we sure that he's not going to have some sort of... Is this something where there's a kooky, like, (laughs) other word underneath it where he's like... He's a jackass. (laughs) Thank you. Are uh, Are we sure that he's not... This isn't some sort of sexual subsidy he's talking about like an actual no, effing they, subsidy they they 
They have the uh, a vibrator in every pot. The unbleep version also on Delicious Audio, which no, I didn't use. I mean, he's using the F word, but I mean, I was just wondering if maybe there's a, like if it's some sort of pornocracy thing that he's trying to. Maybe that's the way they talk in Virginia. Yeah, I suppose they are godless people. <laughs> it's tax will be raised during your four-year term. I'm going to find other ways to be able to fund transportation. I've outlined twelve. 12- funding mechanisms that are creative. Awesome. We're interview Eric Weihenmayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. But he's gay. It's 503-228-4101. Thank you. Uh, if you are caller 10 right now at this very moment, ladies and gentlefolk, you win a pass for two to see Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, an epic masterwork that Sarah Dillon believes is the finest film ever created. Yes. Caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. And I have magic genitals. On Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up uh, later on this hour, we will have a supplemental ball talk with uh, Greg Nibbler and uh, Tim Riley's news as well. Coming up at 9, Smells Like the 90s, with our good friend Buzz. And this afternoon, 3 to 7, uh, Court and Fat Boy. Be sure to join us tomorrow when our guests will include Kelly Clark uh, from the Willamette Week, another installment of Food Porn. In just a moment, uh, we will talk to uh, Jessica Kirsch, Kirks, Kirsch. Well, we'll figure it out. Uh, she's the second of four contestants we're going to talk to for Survive It to Drive It, which starts Monday at uh, Dick Hannah Dodge. Uh, 7 a.m. is when that kicks off Monday. So there's four people uh, crammed, I would imagine, uncomfortably into a truck for extended periods of time, a truck that will begin to smell almost immediately. Uh, the last person uh, to stick it out wins the truck and uh, the respect and admiration of their peers, friends, family, coworkers, and loved ones. Tim Riley's working on the following stories on your Wednesday morning. Police have very little evidence in the vandalism of a dozen Hummers at a Portland car dealership. Uh, Salem police have arrested a man named Beavis and charged him with kidnapping his son. And Eddie Izzard will run for public office in Britain. Really? Yes. Awesome. All right. Wait, we teased something else that we didn't get to. Didn't we tease something at the we, top of the hour that we have not yet? We're uh, always promised. It was something that I was all uh, excited to talk the show about. Now it's gone. Broken promises, Rick. Damn it. Damn it. It's the broken promise land. Welcome now to the uh, uh, Rick Emerson Show. Uh, Jessica, how do you pronounce your last name, Jessica? Kirsch. Kirsch. All mm-hmm. right, I'm going to write this down. Jessica Kirsch. All right, and so as of Monday, uh, 7 a.m., again, this happens at, uh, at Dick and Dodge, 4th Plain and Auto Mall Drive. Court and Fatboy are going to be out there, and then we'll be uh, covering it. You are going to be living inside a truck with three other people. Uh, now, are you the one who's been in prison? No, I'm not. All right. No, I, I'm the good girl. Are you just claiming that now? I mean, just for the air? You can tell no, me. No, no. All right. Let's see. Have you ever been arrested? I have not. You've not been arrested ever? No. All right. Are, where, are, where, you grew up in Salem? Yes. And you haven't been part. arrested? Uh, I know. There's very little else to do there, but, well, I, but no. It is inevitable at some point, just so you know. it uh, That will be happening. Oh, okay. Well, I have something to look forward to then. So why did you decide to, uh, why did you decide to do this? What was it that, that leapt out of you about this? contest well honestly i had just gotten on the website and entered every contest that was there and was kind of surprised that i'd been called and figured the law of averages was such that you were bound to be picked for one of them exactly have you met any of the other people you're going to be in the truck with i have actually Uh, have you you met all of them um i met uh the other girl katie i think her name is she was here on friday when i came in maybe katie's the one who's been in prison does she seem like the kind who'd be in prison you can be honest. Um, that's possibility. Really? Yeah. <laughs> if you were to guess as to what Katie might have been in jail for, what do you think? Um, 
I wouldn't even venture to guess. Does it rhyme with assault? <laughs> Does it rhyme with uh, Jeff? <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just speculating. These I, are uh, these are all things. She told me she'd I'm... been to Ozfest, so you know maybe. Oh well, that's a big of, yes. Yeah. All right. I think we can fill in the blanks there. I mean, let's all be honest. We're adults here. We know what we're talking about. But enough about uh, Katie. Um, all right. So, what is the most stressful thing you've ever gone through? Previously, because you know you're going to be again, you know, living in a truck for yeah. weeks with these people. Um, being married was pretty stressful. <laughs> Is that uh, has that come to an end as well? Yes, yes. Um, that was like being know. in a small truck, but just two of you. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> no, um, I've been on some road trips before for about the same duration with about six other people. So I'm I'm getting. I'm getting my game face on. I'm pretty ready. Now, why? Now, when you say that you're being married now, how far, how long were you married for? Three years. Now, how uh, long were you married before you realized, oh, I've chose poorly? <laughs> About two and a half years. Really? So it was, a, it, was it a, a waking up one morning and looking over and going, oh, God. Or, or was it like a gradual sort of a thing? <laughs> um, it was a waking up one day and, oh, Lord. Yeah. Really? Just sort of like you wake. <laughs> I just can't do this anymore. Yeah. As uh, Sam Kinison said, he's like, you wake up at the horse's head and the godfather and ah! Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I got my son out of it, so it was good. What uh, celebrity would you say you most resemble? I wouldn't. Oh, now everybody <laughs> looks like somebody, Jessica. I, yeah, you always ask that, and I never even know what celebrity I'd look like. Yeah. What I, celebrity would you say Jessica most resembles, Sarah? I don't know. I'm not good at this. Now, see, and I was, I'm was i punting because I can't come up with anything either, actually. I'm completely failing on this. You look like yourself. I would say that you, but you are, but <laughs> you are you. an attractive and charming young lady. I can't really come up with anybody right offhand that you look like, though. Okay. So do you have a strategy going into this? Do you have something planned out for how to drive the others out of the truck? I, I, have, just, a couple, I have a couple ideas. Does it involve belching a lot? No. I'm looking at the rules here. You could belch. Well, you know, that's probably bound to happen, but, you know, everybody else is going to be doing that. i got to come up with something new and fresh. Maybe fresh isn't the thing you want to go for. Maybe you want to go for a not-so-fresh kind of well, a thing. Well, yeah, yeah. That's an awkward... I didn't mean that's... that. Well, hey, that's a good question, actually. No, let me... Now, here's... Let me ask you this, Sarah. Oh, God. No, no, no. Seriously. Don't ask me what I think you're going to ask No, me. I am curious about this. Oh, no. Uh, it is my job to ask what the audience is thinking. Now, you're only allowed out of the car every three hours for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You're going to be in there for two weeks. Yes. Now, will uh, is the uh, your lady it. business going to be an issue oh, at some point? God, I you knew know, you were I'm do just that. curious. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I got the. Greg is filming Sarah's face as I'm asking. I'm not asking. I'm like not coloring her no, nails. I'm, I'm like exactly like buffing her nails. Exactly. If you have to buff your nails, Sarah, if it's nail buffing time. I think. <laughs> I'm not trying to work blue. I'm curious. I just don't know. I don't know how that uh, the deal there. I think that. You probably need to be seen medically if, you know, having a break every three hours isn't enough for you. Well, also, I guess, well, I see it I wasn't think really... a mental, pro- uh, mental, medical problem. Well, speaking of, so then, but <laughs> in terms of, well, let me ask you then this, uh, Well, because there are going to be bathrooms there. Well, I was seen, I wasn't really wondering about that so much. The actual, uh, I was wondering in terms of um, attitudinally. In other words, are you the uh, are you the kind that will become uh, very uh, testy and, and grumpy uh, if it is uh, nature's special time and you happen to be in a truck with three people, maybe one of whom has been in prison? Uh, no. Really? No. All right. So you feel pretty confident that you can maintain level headed uh, level headedness throughout all this? Oh yeah. I I have a six year old. I have kids and craziness going on in my life all the time. So what if uh, what if there was a guy maybe uh, just theoretically you're there uh, and the guy right within sightline picking his nose a lot? Oh God. Um, Breakfast time. My son's nickname is Booger Man. (laughs) What a proud mother you must be.
I can imagine going to school for PTA night must be a, must be a real rousing event. A booger man, yes, yes. Oh, booger man, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> do we have Sarah? Do you have anything uh, you want to ask Jessica? Um, no. Are you going to tell us your strategy off the air? Um, we won't tell no. anybody. You promise? Promise. Okay. What is the? Uh, are you going to? Oh, we didn't ask the underwear question. Uh, well, we, well, see, no, I'm afraid to ask any questions about anything b- below her neck. I it's because I got the jumped on for the for the. You know, the, the blood hut question. So oh I, uh, you know what I'm then asking. Then you can ask her if she's going to wear a scarf. If yeah. you're not going hey, let me ask you this. Real, I mean, so are you yeah, guys. What clothing are you going to wear? And are you um, allowed to bring toiletries as a oh, supplement yes. to that? Like, in other words, can you bring uh, antiperspirant? I don't believe so. Oh, wow. Do you stink after a couple of days? No offense. Um, probably, yeah. Like, if it's in the sun, it's going to be like 90 degrees, right? So I'm just wondering. And I, they're not going to run the AC for you guys. I know that. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just, I mean, imagine the smell that's going to be inside that. Well, Does smell bother you? No, but I, I'm I'm hoping that you know I do get a little ripe. I'm hoping that will it'll, it'll annoy the other people. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I, I don't really know anything uh, that's going to help me at this point. Yeah, I I don't I have nowhere else uh, to go with this. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, and what kind of because we have to ask like ladies and gentlemen, like what kind of underwear are you going to wear? Um, just cotton, just cotton. Yeah, right. breathable, breathable. Done with yeah. the full gr- the full granny style. Um. No, I don't own granny style. Well, see, I just don't know. These are all questions I don't think I just not diggy. Trying to, I'm, anything that's not diggy. <laughs> I like something that's, uh, that has less of a wedging. If, you're, if your underwear's a little small, like it can dig into, you know, your sides. And then, well, that guy yesterday, he was like with the boxer briefs, which we told him was a bad idea. Yeah, I That's agree. Uh, because then you just get your chafe on, and that's no that's no good. Yeah. All right. Actually, well, Jessica, uh, we wish you the best of luck. And, Thank uh, you. So, so I, I, don't, I don't really know that we have a favorite uh, so far. I mean, we've uh, met we, you, and we met the... Um, well, and you're going to be seeing a lot more more of us because we're going to come and stare at you guys. Yeah, you know, and yeah, that's the thing is we're going to be yeah, Chad. We're going to be looking at you guys through the window and uh, perhaps tormenting you in some way. Awesome. I would say definitely tormenting you in some way. So Looking just uh, to it. Uh, be listening. All right, Jessica Kirsch, ladies and gentlemen, one of the four contestants for KUFO's Survive at the Drive It contest, which begins uh, Monday, seven a.m. Dick Hanna Dodge. Be listening. The news continues next. Tim Riley be uh, joining us. Stay there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO. Like you just developed a nervous tick over there or something. You were kind of like doing a, this is bat country sort of a thing just now. No, I have a straggly hair in my face, and it's just tickling my nose. Well, Tim never did kill that ant that was crawling on his news earlier. I didn't want to kill the ant. It wasn't the ant's fault that it ended up here. Nobody didn't crawl inside your ear, Sarah. Hey, by the way, can Thanks. I just, uh, tell you this? Nah, never mind. You know, I'm going to write down this observation about earwigs. I'll get to it later. Oh, uh, did I ever tell you that I woke up with a roly-poly in my ear once? Yeah! Was it all, was it all balled up? It was all balled up, and I felt something crawling in my ear. And now I, I want to scratch. Yeah, and I had to turn my head over, and like, thankfully, it curled into a ball and fell out. Oh. Right, you know, those things are kind of cute, but I mean, but there's like some variation on those things that lives in the ocean that's like a foot long, and they terrify me. Did I tell you that my friend used to eat them? Why? Because she thought they were little candies. I believe it was Lisa. Lisa Wood? Uh, Lisa Mendoza. Lisa Mendoza. (laughs) I think that, yeah, because she would eat them, I think, by the handful, but then like just crunch By the handful? (laughs) That's the grossest thing I've ever heard. One was all right. I feel really bad if it wasn't her, and I'm totally saying Did somebody tell her they were candy? No, no, no. They're tasty candies, Lisa. All right. (laughs) I knew a guy that used to snort ants. (laughs) Tommy Lee style? Why? I have no idea. 
just just cause we were, he thought he was cool. He was like trying to show off, and we had some ants in our house. It's my brother's friend, and yeah, he would. <laughs> you let him believe that too. You're really cool. Keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, he's snorting ants. So yeah, that's what he used to do. All right then. At the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone, from the KUFO News Center downtown Portland, eight forty-nine. Now expect showers and miserable weather the next couple of days. Eyes in the seventies. Salem police have arrested Reginald Beavis and charged him with kidnapping his three-year-old son. That's wrong. I shouldn't laugh. I'm sorry. Beavis lost custody after failing a drug test. The younger Beavis is still among the missing. Eddie Izzard is going to run for public office in Britain. Fantastic. He says he plans to stand for parliament or as a European legislator at some point. He previously campaigned for Gordon Brown's governing Labor Party in Britain. Just one more thing about Eddie Izzard. Uh, we had this story. I don't think we think we told the story in the air. It was something I read and I meant to get to. Here's more evidence why he's the greatest guy uh, on. First of all, he's the funniest man currently alive on planet Earth. Because he's hot as a man and as a woman. That's. I'm with you on that. He, the thing is, he's. I would say he's hotter as a woman when he does the cross dress thing. He is a hot woman. He's got kind of weird That's facial features. His his jaw is shaped. He's got like a trap jaw thing going on for like from He Man. He's his jaw is. It's too but at the same big time, and that, square. It looks so beautiful when he's like all made up with like a dress. He cross dresses really well, Eddie oh, yeah. Izzard. Uh, yeah, he, and he's the funniest guy on earth. And there was this story about uh, I forget now the particulars, but there was a, a guy uh, who um, had uh, a guy who had some sort of terminal disease, uh, you know, some cancer or whatever, and was a big Eddie Izzard fan. Was wanting to go see his show. The cancer takes a turn for the worse. He's in the hospital. The guy's dad writes a letter to Eddie Izzard. Dear Eddie Izzard, my son is a big fan. Cancer, turn for the worse, hospital, wasn't able to come see your act. Maybe you could send him a picture or something, you know, just to cheer him up. Eddie Izzard, and by the way, he didn't tell the press about this. He, in fact, told no one. It was the kid's dad who tipped off the press. Eddie Izzard goes to the kid's hospital room and does the entire 90-minute act for him right next to his bed. Oh, that is Does so the cool. whole 90-minute performance, like, to him, and then just leaves and goes, all right, thanks for being a fan. And then the dad called the press later and told him about it. He's, he's awesome. Here's Tim Riley. Well, passengers aboard an Aer Lingus flight are very upset after the plane's crew mistakenly played a message on the plane saying it was going down. This is the story you teased earlier. I'm so glad we're talking about oh. this. Yep, that's why I brought it back. The announcement in English came first over the intercom, asking passengers to return to their seats, fasten their seatbelts. However, the announcement in French that followed said the plane was actually going to have to attempt an emergency landing. One English passenger described the scene as, quote, the Frenchman sleeping next to me woke up and looked very startled, adding, quote, the woman behind me started crying. All the French totally freaked out. <laughs> How perfect. It was only the French who freaked out, though, and everybody else was just sort of continuing on with their business. Hey, kids, who wants to make a porno? A company's gone online asking University of Michigan students to make a pornographic movie. So far, nobody's taken the bait. I really wanted to study engineering. So here. to speak. It's always what I wanted to do. I would lose that. Next, probably my parents. I would be His pants? terrified. Parents. <laughs> oh. lose any chance of them helping me pay tuition for anything. One student takes a dim, only one student takes a dim view of pornography. Not only is there an academic side, but also a social side, like with my mom and my parents. They would just look down on me, and I probably would never go home. So I've got that going for me if I do Sounds that. Sounds like that student's 50 or 60. Yeah, I, yeah that's, uh, I think he's a late attendee. Well, we had this, we were talking to somebody about Timmy Ryan or somebody last year. He was, he, was, he was doing music for porn films or something. He was scoring porn films. And we had this long discussion about how Porn is, I guess, I guess it's legal to shoot porn in Oregon because some places, like some counties, I think you are not allowed 
uh, to film sexually sexually explicit materials that will be for sale. But I think in Oregon, I think just it's, it's legal everywhere. And then we had some discussion about that's you know you can always fall back on that in Oregon, like everything yeah, I think, else. I think the Mercury is staging a contest uh, asking for a porno film. Are they doing homemade porn? Is that the deal? They're going to have a homemade porn film festival. Yeah, see that's that's interesting. So I mean, you know, it all brings out the artist in some. Well, way. I mean, you know, with push comes to shove, you know, if you can't find anything else, you can always. Find... There's the always a lot of push coming to shove in those movies. <laughs> I can't, I can't top that. That's so much funnier than what I was going to do. As is always the case. Thank you. Well, this right. sounds especially awkward now. Uh, it's time for ball talk. <laughs> More of it anyway, with uh, Greg Nibbler. All right, so we've got some supplemental ball talk we're going to talk about here today. And uh, the main thing is the Redskins, the Washington Redskins, are um, in danger of losing their name finally. Apparently there is, a, you know, this has been going on for a long time. There have been a lot of lawsuits brought by Native American organizations and individuals against the Redskins for their name and the offensive nature of it. And apparently there are a group of Native Americans now who are petitioning the Supreme Court to finally take up the case and take it out of the hands of the lower court and finally decide whether or not they can force them to change this name. You think, by the way, that Indians would have learned by now that when you go to the federal government and ask them to do the right thing by you, that's going to end badly. I mean, are they just doing it as a gag now? Let's see if the government will help us. Hey, American government, will you give us justice? (laughs) That could could very well be. It's just absurd. It is absurd. it's just ridiculous. Like, why don't you go back to the desert and live with no plumbing or air conditioning and come back and ask us in about 100 years? <laughs> oh, and uh, by the way, we're going to need you all to fit into something the size of a postage stamp. Thank you for living here and a good day to you. Please ignore the set of just a couple of white people moving in. <laughs> no, we won't. We'll keep our promises. Don't worry. You have wonderful hot springs. All right. Um, so so anyway, it's it's going to see if this is going to happen. You know, and They've tried this before with a lot of different teams. They tried it with a lot of college teams actually earlier this year, and it all got turned down. Tried it with the Florida State Seminoles. They tried it with the Utah Utes and the NCAA. Tried to enforce it. Nothing happened. They kept the names. And it's a little controversial because even some of the Native American groups are for the Redskins name or don't have any problem with it versus some that, uh, that do. You so. would think that they'd have a problem with the term Native American, which is A, linguistically inaccurate, and B... Inaccurate. In, well, some... And some of them have that, too. I mean, there's American Indian versus Native American. Versus, well, and also, you know, no one is a Native American. I mean, there's just, that's, just, yeah. that's just the case. Like, everyone came here from Asia and then originally from Africa. No one is a Native American. It's just not accurate. So, like, simply in terms of language, that term is wrong because it doesn't mean what everybody think it means. And also this, this is just my observation here. Not only is Native American an inaccurate term, but to me, that's a racist term. Because, you know, America, uh, uh, the United States of America, America is Amerigo Vespucci, who is an Italian map maker. That's where the word America comes from. It's, right. it's, uh, it's a white guy. So that is such a typically American idea that we're going to come over and give everybody smallpox and, you know, eradicate about 90% of a population. And then we're going to honor you by naming you after a white guy. No, no, no. It's great. That would be like us naming everybody in Iraq now Native Americans. No, no, no. We're here, and we're going to make this new America. We're going to call you Native Americans, you know, now that we've taken over your country. Congratulations. I mean, no, no, no. It's an honor. No, no, no. Cling to that name. Don't make any sense at all. Uh, and then we had, there's hockey stuff, but I know so, like, well, zero Well, the hockey that. season is starting off, and I would admit, I don't know very much about hockey myself. But hockey is, you know, we have the Winterhawks here, but other than that, hockey has been on the downfall for a long time. There are those hardcore fans, though, that will always watch hockey, even though I think it airs on, like, the Versus Network or something now. Um, uh, yeah, they've lost all Channel national. Channel 1050. Yeah, I think soccer is more popular than hockey at this point. 
Excellent. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, that is Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. Uh, be sure to join us tomorrow when our guests will include Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. Uh, we'll have another exciting installment of food porn as well. We want to thank Steve Kastenbaum from CNN Radio, also from CNN Radio, Jim Roop, Ryan White from the Oregonian, mystery guest Dr. Michael Applebaum, who once Oprah put in prison. Uh, also, uh, Jessica Bursch, uh, who will... Uh, who has an evilly maniacal plan. She's an evil win. genius. She really is. She is an evil genius. Uh, so uh, be listening uh, tomorrow as we interview contestant number three. After that, contestant number four. Don't forget, KUFO's half-off sale continues on Friday at 9 a.m. So you want to be listening for that? Uh, we're going to be giving away uh, right now to caller number 10 at 503-228-4101 a $50 gift certificate, uh, certificate to Eagle Landing Golf Course. And Friday at 9 a.m., you'll be able to buy that $50 certificate for $25. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen. For Rock 101 KUF on the newsroom, Tim Riley on the uh, phones. Greg Nibbler, you know the rest. Do it in your head. We will see you all tomorrow. He's a jackass. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.